Cherry Hill Volvo, we have absolutely incredible offers and a plethora of both new and certified Volvos from which to choose. We are eager to offer amazingly competitive prices, plus an additional $1,000 Costco discount on all new Cherry Hill Volvos. When leasing or purchasing a new or certified Cherry Hill Volvo, you become a valued part of our team. Join Cherry Hill Volvo for the pricing and attention you deserve. I am Judith Krepnick, president of Cherry Hill Volvo. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. Well, we don't think the Senate border deal is going to pass. We don't think so. Just like we don't think that it's going to rain cats or it's going to, or pizza's not going to make you fat or pineapple's a good topping. In other words, we know that the Senate border bill is dead, but they may just do a Fugazi vote anyway. Just like Nikki Haley, who got crushed on the ballot last night in Nevada by none of the above. Like Brewster's Millions. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thanks for being here today. What a show we have in store for you. Uh, Congressman Jeff Andrew will join us a little bit later. Daniel Turner, his group, Power of the Future, suing climate envoy John Kerry. Yes, the esteemed John Kerry with his horse face. Being sued by Daniel Turner's group, Power of the Future. And uh, I'll tell you, you know, Corrine Jean-Pierre got very, very, very angry at Peter Ducey. Uh, Shocking, I know. Shocking. But um, Nikki Haley, bad night. Bad night. It's just, it's rough. I met met a guy the other day. We were talking politics. I hadn't met him before. Nice guy. And I didn't really know his politics too much. So whenever people start talking politics about with me, I I don't know, you know. But anyway, um, Bob who is now the newest member of the Zioli Army. Uh, great to have him uh, part of the show now. And also, I want to thank uh, Dennis, part of the Zioli Army. Uh, two guys I met recently this week, but Dennis and I were talking. He's a Coast Guard veteran. And we were talking politics, and he was kind of feeling, feeling me out. Then I told him what I did, and then he realized, you know, okay, so I know your politics, so he wasn't afraid to hold back. He said, well, how long is Nikki Haley going to stay in the race? How long is Nikki Haley going to stay in the race? I said, well, there's one of two scenarios here. The scenario one is that she drops out before getting devastated on Super Tuesday because it's going to be a bloodbath for her. Or she stays all the way to the convention because the Uniparty knows something we don't, or at least is hoping that they can get Trump off the ballot, or at least is hoping that they can get Trump behind bars in some way, shape, or form. Now, I don't think any of those things are going to happen. I think Trump is going to be the nominee, and I think Trump has an incredibly good chance of winning the race. I never want to say it's a sure thing, because there's nothing in life that's a sure thing. But I think he's got a great shot. 
especially if it's Biden. If it's not Biden, well, then we'll have to reevaluate, obviously. But I do think he's going to be the nominee. I don't see him going to prison. I don't see him going to prison in Georgia. I don't see him going to prison on the federal level. I don't see him being executed for treason. I don't see him being denied being on the ballot. So I don't see any of those things happening. So in other words, it will be Trump. So then what is Nikki Haley doing? But if you are part of the Republican establishment, you just can't accept that. And you just have to say, you got to hang in. You never know. You never know. And as long as the checks are cashing, well, there you go, I guess. The checks are cashing. But she's deeply unpopular with Republican voters. I mean, deeply unpopular. And Steve Kornacki from MSNBC, his khakis were on fire going through the results from Nevada last night. On fire. And the key thing, of course, is that uh, Nikki Haley lost to none of the above. I mean, literally lost to none of the above. It's very, very embarrassing, if you ask me. But here's Kornacki. Take a listen. Haley, without Trump's name even on the ballot, still loses to the none option by better than two to one. So that's that is a tough reality for her. Trump is even on the ballot and she loses. And it's a closed primary. So it really reinforces what we've been seeing, that when you're just talking about Republican voters, she's really she's really getting clobbered with Republican voters, Uh, independents and Democrats uh, that keep her in it. She's getting clobbered with Republican voters, Republican voters. So then you got then the the other question is, even if something were to happen to Trump and this thing goes to a convention, is she getting the nomination? No, no. The answer to that is no. And a big part of the reason for that, of course, is her absolute support of Ukraine and the 60 billion dollars that they want to give to Ukraine. I mean, Nikki Haley's in favor of this border bill. She was going on yesterday about how it's un-American, un-American to be against this border security bill. It's not a border security bill. The thing is a joke. It's a fugazi. And it's a gift to Ukraine. It's 60 billion dollars to Ukraine. That's what it is. But she's deeply unpopular with Republican voters. So the strategy is get to Super Tuesday where there's the ability for independents and Democrats to vote in open primaries and then do your thing. And 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 try to survive. By the way, trying to survive. Speaking of survival, the border bill right now, according to uh, Karun Demersion of The New York Times, who's monitoring this, the final vote is 49 to 50. The bill does not advance. Senator Chuck Schumer of New York, majority leader, changes his vote to no, which is a strategic procedural move to make sure he can raise the measure again, not a sign that he has suddenly changed his mind about the substance of the bill. Four Republicans voted to advance the foreign aid measure that included border security provisions. At least the New York Times is acknowledging that it is a it is a foreign aid bill with with border stuff in there, not even really border stuff, but immigration stuff in there. But I'm glad they're acknowledging what it is. It's a foreign aid package. That's call what it is. Just call it what it is. I'm tired of the semantics in the games. I'm tired of the uh, Inflation Reduction Act, which is actually a, a climate change bill. I'm tired of this bill being called a border bill and has nothing to do with border security whatsoever. But here's the uh, murderer's row of rhinos here. Senator James Lankford of Oklahoma, who CNN dubbed the most conservative senator. Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. Shocker. Susan Collins of Maine, shocker, and Mitt Romney of Utah, shocker, 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 big shocks. Four Democrats, Senators Alex Padilla of California, Bob Menendez of New Jersey, Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, and Ed Markey of Massachusetts voted against the bill as well, as did Bernie Sanders from Vermont. 
Of course, their reasons for voting against it, that the bill did not go far enough in providing uh, amnesty, or in Bernie's case, he doesn't want any, any, any money going to Israel. So that's where things are. The bill is now officially dead, toast. And if you think about it, Biden should be really angry at the four Democrats because he was going, he was saying, listen, you gotta, you gotta be, you gotta, you, you gotta make sure that this passes. You gotta make sure this happens because we, we are putting our entire, uh, imprint, you know, we're, this is us. We own this now. Sorry, my wife is texting me. Something crazy is happening outside 30th Street Station. Stuck in traffic, cops everywhere. She was in the city today for a meeting. I don't know. Can we find out what's going on at 30th Street Station? Why there's cops everywhere? It's probably some. It's probably a bunch of Palestinian idiots who are jamming up traffic. Oh, but the cops have guns out. Oh, huge jam up, and the cops have guns out at 30th Street Station. That's like two blocks from here. Well, no, it's technically we're 24th. That's 30th. What? Six? No, because really it starts at 28th. No, but it doesn't really start at 30th. It encompasses several blocks. I, so we're like four blocks away from 30th Street Station. Is it that far? I I think so. I, I just think of it's across the street, pretty much. Well, yeah. No, I mean, I yeah, except when it's raining out, and then, then yeah. it feels like it takes forever. Or if you're running late. I mean, I'll run downstairs and go across the street, see all the hullabaloo. You want to go be our on-the-ground reporter, Henry, and find out what's going on for us? I can. Why the cops have their guns out? And I, Is it the Philly cops or is it the Amtrak cops? That's what I want to know. Well, maybe, um, oh, or she said, all good, huge accident. Okay, why do they have their guns out then? Why would the cops have their guns out for a huge accident? Maybe somebody wouldn't show them their license? Probably something. Insurance card? Just something so that Henry could report on it. Henry, run down there anyway for the hell of it. What the hell, will you please? I could use the cardio. Why not? Get the, get get some steps in, will you? All right, so just an accident, all good. Crisis averted and everybody can go on with their lives. But if you're driving by 30th Street Station in the next few moments, understand you'll be in a little bit of traffic. All right, so Biden put everything on the line with this border bill, and now uh, Democrats voted against it. So I told you yesterday, Democrats rarely... Uh, are not lockstep in things, but if they know that it's not going to pass anyway, well, then they they do their thing. And it wasn't going to rage, but it wasn't going to pass. But now the Democrats and, and, and Republicans are raging. They're raging over this and they're blaming each other. I really hope that people wake up to how bad the problem is in the Senate. I really do. I hope people wake up at how bad the, 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 the problem is in the Senate with people like McConnell running the place mcconnell is bad he's as bad as it gets and i'm telling you right now this guy has to go this guy has to go he's the he's he is the institutionalized problem senator ted cruz put it quite well last night on fox news with sean hannity last night cut number five so so the idiotic republican proposal was let's be for two-thirds of the border invasion that biden has allowed that made no sense not only did it put it into law 1.8 million every year in perpetuity but it also put into law giving those illegal immigrants work permits giving them lawyers paid for by the taxpayers it gave billions of dollars to sanctuary cities to keep their policies going and it gave billions of dollars to left-wing nonprofit organizations that are bringing the illegal uh, immigrants in so it funds the process and i'll tell you the provision that just is a texan that pissed me off the most it, it went directly after the state of Texas, and it said any litigation filed challenging this law 
has to be filed in Washington, D.C. in federal district court. So Texas can't sue in the federal courts in Texas, where Texas has been winning. Instead, they got to go to Washington with the very liberal judges. This was a disaster on policy grounds because it did not solve the problem. But politically, it was even worse. Who won in this battle? And, and his name is Charles Schumer. Chuck Schumer did this. He knew it would fail. He wanted it to fail. But the purpose of this bill was to let every Democrat running for the Senate and running for the House to stand up and say, self-righteously, I-, I wanted to secure the border. I really wanted to. But those mean Republicans wouldn't let me. And I got to say, Senate Republican leadership, I told them this months ago. Other conservatives told them this months ago, and they proceeded down this this path that ended up, it was a box canyon with a kamikaze pilot crashing into a wall. It was a disaster, and it was entirely avoidable because what happened is Republican leadership ended up benefiting Chuck Schumer and the Democrats and doing nothing to secure the border. You know, in addition to everything about that, it's also a way for Republicans, as I've told you, to get cover for Ukraine so they can get cover and they can hide over giving Ukraine all this money because that's what they want to do. They want to give Ukraine all this money. And they turn around and go, oh, I didn't want to give Ukraine the money. I had to. I didn't have a choice. I had to do it because I wanted to secure the border. So that's what they said. By the way, there's a breaking news story from Grabian. Uh, Apparently, there's an audio recording leaked from AstraZeneca the big giant pharmaceutical company, that COVID was classified a national security threat by the U.S. government slash Department of Defense on February 4th, 2020, which is interesting. So we'll grab that audio for you as well. Um, there's a, another story about the, the WHO. The WHO, the World Health Organization, that's WHO, as they now are trying to push through their absolute global control over the United States of America and other countries whenever there's a pandemic. But no, this this was a foreign aid bill. And d- stop calling it a border bill. It was a foreign aid bill. And look, Biden has all the power he needs. Even the mayor of El Paso, El Paso, Texas, admits that, yeah, he liked the bill. He's a Democrat, Oscar Lesser. He is the lesser mayor of Texas, uh, of a Texas city. El Paso, Mayor Oscar Lesser. I don't know if he's a lesser mayor. I don't know that for a fact, but I know that's his last name. Anyway, he he acknowledged he liked the bill, but he also acknowledged what we've been saying and what we all know. Biden has all the power he needs. If Biden wants to do something on the border, Biden can do something on the border, period. Cut eight. Argument that President Biden right now has the power to shut down the border if he wants, uh, and he's just not doing that. Uh, and so this legislation uh, is not really needed. And And also, a lot of Republicans might say, you know, if President Biden already has the power to do this and he's still not doing it, why do we need legislation anyway? They, they just have a mistrust of the process. Well, we need to continue to work together. And, you know, does the president have the opportunity to do that? Yes. But do we need to make sure that we work as a country and that we work together? It's really important. So Biden has all the power he needs. He can close the border if he wants to. Of course he can. But that's the that's the thing. He doesn't. He look. look Listen to me. Listen to me. He doesn't want to do anything on the border. He never did. And this bill would not actually do anything on the border anyway, but it would do what he wants, which is get Ukraine the money. $60 billion of cash. Cold hard cash. That then they can steal, (laughs) which people would do. But we know that. There was a story last week about how $40 million was stolen by Ukrainian officials. 
and this gigantic money laundering scam. But Biden would have been happy with the bill because A, it would not have dealt with the actual border problem. B, he would get the money for Ukraine. And then C, he could turn around and he could say, uh, we're doing something to the voters that, 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 that care. But he was also happy if the bill didn't pass, because this way now they can go out there and blame Donald Trump and blame MAGA Republicans, even though you had five Democrats vote against it. But they can blame MAGA Republicans anyway. So now Biden has something he can blame Trump on. And then Biden's not happy that it didn't pass because of the Ukraine funding, but the Ukraine funding can easily be done in another aid, another aid package that will include money for Israel and, quote unquote, humanitarian aid for Gaza, which, of course, is means that money will go right into the hands of Hamas. And that will happen. And that that aid package will come through. But at least it won't have any border provisions in it. And then the Republicans who vote for that who want to give Ukraine money, will turn around and say, I had to do it because of Israel. I didn't have a choice. I didn't want to send Ukraine money, but I had to because I had to help our friends, the Israelis. You see, there's always a way they can scam their way through all this stuff. There's always a way. Always a way that they can finagle things in Washington. They're very good at this. They're very good at this. But what I think the big lesson here in all of it including the botched impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas yesterday, which is still amazing to me. It's amazing to me that they brought that vote up and they didn't have the votes. They were not sure it was going to pass. It was an embarrassing moment. Republicans are angry. Apparently, they're not angry at Speaker Mike Johnson, or at least not that angry. And what's happening now that the, uh, that package is done? Senators are rushing to save Ukraine aid. True story. Wall Street Journal. GOP leader Mitch McConnell sees no real chance here to make a law on the border. And so now they're rushing to get the money to Ukraine. That's the next thing that they're doing. McConnell and others, they are doing everything they possibly can to now try to put together another package, leaving border security out of it, since it was never really in it in the first place, leaving immigration out of it because they need the votes of the Democrats on the left and doing something so that they can make sure Ukraine gets its, uh, its cheddar cheese. You know what I mean? That's what they're doing. And they're rushing to do all this right now. They're rushing to do all this as we speak. And Senator J.D. Vance came out and he pointed out why he he didn't support the border bill. Tim Scott was against it, too. Although, of course, the cynical corporate media came out and said, well, Tim Scott's only against it because he wants to be Trump's running mate. Well, then what does that tell you about how unpopular the bill is with Republican voters? The bill is as unpopular with Republican voters as Nikki Haley is. Nikki Haley lost to none of the above. This bill was so unpopular with the Republican base, just like funding Ukraine is unpopular with the Republican base. So if that's if that's Tim Scott's M.O., then smart, good political play. And every Republican should have voted against it. Those four that you can imagine, of course, you know where they're going to be. Of course, you know where they're going to be. McConnell, Collins, Murkowski, Mitt Romney. I mean, nobody should be surprised by these people. Nobody should be surprised by this. Here's uh, Ohio Senator J.D. Vance on the bill. Cut number six. If you had a bill that said we're going to legalize 12 million illegal aliens, every single Republican, I hope, would vote against it. But we're not committing ourselves to voting for this thing just because we entered the negotiation. And the idea that we are, the idea, and you hear this from some of our leadership, and hopefully they will stop, the idea that we committed to supporting whatever came out of this negotiation is pure, unadulterated bull****. We supported a negotiation to bring common sense border security to this country. We did not agree to a border fig leaf to send another $61 billion to Ukraine. 
Yeah, but that's what they're going to do. They're going to send that money to Ukraine. They're going to find a way to do it. And that's going to be the next fight. And the question for those House Republicans, then, if you don't get to hide behind a quote-unquote border bill, since it was never a border bill anyway, but if you don't get to hide behind that, what, what are you going to do? Are you going to listen to what the Republican primary voters listen to what the base is saying or not? That's the question. By the way, Trump is defending Bud Light and uh, Anheuser-Busch. And he's, he's going out there and he's suggesting to people, you should give it a second chance. Maybe it should be a second chance. Give it a second chance. I'll tell you, when they decided to make Shane Gillis their spokesman, who's a very funny comedian, who does a great Trump impression, by the way, I said, wow, this company's really trying. And I realized that the atonement that occurs in corporate media, like somebody or corporations, I mean, somebody asked that they apologize. Well, they, they, they're not going to apologize for the Dylan Mulvaney fiasco. They're just going to try to keep making it up to you. But Trump said we should give them perhaps a second chance. I'll share you with you what he said regarding Anheuser-Busch. And that is the big story of the day today, brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A. He's my dentist. He's my friend. He's the master of dental implants. And he is there for you and your family to give you the great smile that you deserve. So make an appointment to see him today, Dr. Mike Venaria. I'll tell you what Trump said about Anheuser-Busch. I'll tell you about this breaking news about what AstraZeneca said about COVID, what Big Pharma said about that. And then the other question is, if the crisis with immigration is so bad right now with illegal immigration and the mayor is unpopular, is it because of racism, the mayor of New York City? Because that's the race card he's throwing out there. And John Fetterperson's body double going after pro-Palestinian protesters. That's right. John Fetterperson's body double was taking over the role of John Fetterman going after pro-Palestinian protesters. So a lot on tap for you on the show today. Don't go away. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The Zioli Show, on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. I think we have definitive proof now that Taylor Swift was not a CIA psyop. I will explain. It doesn't mean it's good for Taylor Swift. It just means that I have <coughs> some information that came to light. Uh, they are trying again with the foreign aid bill as we speak right now. They are pushing through Plan B. Plan B, which is just a straight-on foreign aid package to primarily Ukraine, but the other countries. That is what's happening as we speak right now in the United States Senate. You notice how they didn't abandon the foreign aid stuff and turn around and say, well, then let's, get, let's, let's roll up our sleeves and get really in on the border. You notice how they didn't do that? Instead, they just dropped the border completely, and now they're working on a foreign aid package. It tells you everything you need to know about these people. It tells you everything you need to know about these people, truly. The bill dies, and instead of turning around and saying, all right, you know what? Clearly, we got to deal with the situation at the southern border. It's a crisis. We got to figure out where we went wrong with this thing. Let's tweak it, make it better. Nope, it's gone. It's abandoned. Foreign aid stuff, that moves forward. Tells you everything you need to know about the Uniparty in Washington, does it not? Everything. So now they're rushing, rushing to get money to Ukraine. <laughs> and uh, they are planning a, a test vote on Ukraine and Israeli aid. And that's how they'll package it together. And the reason why they'll do that is they'll put it in a package so that people that are against Ukraine funding will be able to justify it by saying they had a vote to support funding for Israel. The people that are consistent about not voting for foreign aid, the Tom Massey's of the world, the Rand Paul's of the world, well, they're going to say no anyway, as they should, by the way, as they should. But when you think about the Republicans who voted for this border bill, think about the Republicans who voted for it and how they are the classic, old-school, reasonable Republicans. Are they not? Susan Collins of Maine, Murkowski, Mitt Romney, Langford, until they weren't. I mean, Romney was the guy who put, I think it was the dog on his car and drove cross country when he ran for president. He was a terrible racist. He was a mean, evil guy. When Susan Collins voted for Brett Kavanaugh and actually spoke on his behalf, she was a mean, horrible, horrible person. They only need you until they don't. But the the rule of thumb should be you can't please these people. So don't try. Don't try to please these people. Don't try to do anything that's going to ever make them like you because they don't like you. And when they don't need you anymore, they discard you. This is something that Nikki Haley's learning the hard way. She's so unpopular among Republican voters that she lost to none of the above. None of the above beat Nikki Haley. And that Kornacki clip is everything about how deeply unpopular she is. So in other words, let's play this hypothetical scenario out. The, uh, the Uniparty says, all right, we got to keep you in the Republican establishment, which apparently Ronna McDaniel is leaving as chair of the Republican National Committee. My money is on Vivek Ramaswamy to take over. And the reason why I'm thinking that is because Vivek has, uh, he's got a, a long list of contacts he can call because the job really is about raising money, first and foremost. I think Vivek's got a lot of people he can tap to raise money. He's good on the social media stuff so he can get the RNC out of the dark ages and get them engaged with the Utes on social media. 
And he's a, he's an outspoken fighter, so he's not going to play the typical game that an RNC chair does, which is to try to be all mealy mouth and weaselly, and yeah, he's just going to be blunt and tell it like it is. So my money's on him for RNC chair. I think that's who they'll end up going with. The problem, though, is that you have some people on the Republican National Committee who ultimately have to approve the, the party chair who are stalwart anti-Trumpers. One of them's right here in New Jersey. Guy by the name of Bill Palatucci, who was cheering on the fact that Trump had a massive legal setback recently. So guys like him are part of the problem. He's a Chris Christie buddy. And he'll do whatever he has to do to stop whoever Trump wants to be RNC chair. I think, though, cooler heads will prevail and there's not he's not the majority. And they'll understand that Trump's going to be the de facto. He already is really the de facto nominee. So it should be his pick anyway. And I can see Trump certainly thinking a lot of good things about Vivek Ramaswamy. And, and some people have suggested Scott Presser. And, and listen, Scott Presser's great. It's no disrespect to Scott. It's just the Rolodex. You got you to gotta be able to raise the, the, the money. That's, that's the primary, primary job number one. But hey, you never know. Who knows? Who knows who it could be? But Nikki Haley's unpopularity, though, it's so bad that she lost to none of these candidates. There, there's a movie with uh, Richard Pryor called Brewster's Millions where he gets all this money and he has to give it away. And in the movie, he literally runs for office. He runs for mayor of New York and he, he does a whole campaign on none of the above. And he, cause he has to find a way to spend all the money. He has to find a way to spend all the money so he can get the bigger inheritance. And he, he goes out there and he literally launches a campaign for none of the above. Do we have the audio of Brewster's millions. If you don't remember that movie, Richard Pryor, Pryor, I love Richard Pryor. I'm a huge fan. Honestly, truly one of the absolute greats a genius there's very few comedians who are up to his level i think dave Chappelle is up there i think that he's but chris i mean chris rock's close like he's up there in that kind of that realm too a little bit but in terms of being just so fearless for his time prior influenced a lot of people i mean he influenced eddie murphy he influenced george carlin he influenced a lot of people he was a bold fearless comedian at a time, and he also lit himself on fire, obviously, doing uh, eight balls. But, I mean, he had a lot of problems. He had a lot of issues. Richard Pryor had a very, very um, a tough life. But as a comedian, he was hysterical. And he made a lot of good movies. And he was, uh, him and Gene Wilder actually teamed up for a couple movies, too. They, there was one they shot in New Jersey, too, all the way up north at the old Playboy Club in Vernon, New Jersey, up in um, northwest New Jersey. Him and Gene Wilder. I forget the name. I forget the name of that movie, but he did a couple with Wilder. Anyway, this is uh, from Brewster's Millions, and it was the inspiration for Nikki Haley getting trounced in Nevada. Take a listen. Mr. Brewster, could you please give us your reasons for your sudden and unexpected candidacy? I figure voting for Salvino or Heller is just as silly as them running for office, which is just as silly as me running for office. <laughs> the only thing not silly is the power of the people's vote. And I think the people should use it to vote for them. None of the above. None of the above. Are we to understand that you actually don't want anyone to vote for you? What I'm saying is I think only an idiot would vote for me. on any of the issues facing the city. Uh, sanitation, union corruption, urban renewal. Let's get to the bottom line, right? I'm here to buy Mr. your vote. Mr. Brewster, with only 10 days left before the election, how do you expect to find that kind of support for that position? I don't expect to get support. 
In fact, I'm asking people not to send money into my candidacy. I think the people should keep their money. Uh, very funny movie. Very, very funny movie. Uh, 855-839-1210 if you want to weigh in today or on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Tonight is our event with Terry Hayes. So I'll be getting out of here at 6 o'clock tonight. Opelka is going to do the last hour for me so I can get up to Main Point Books and Wayne. With traffic, it's going to be a hoot. But anyway, hopefully I'll see you there tonight with, for our event. And uh, later in the show, we'll have Congressman J.D. Vance, uh, J.D. Vance, Congressman Jeff Van Drew on the show. I meant to play the clip. I did play the clip of... Um, J.D. Vance, though, right? I'm losing my mind. <laughs> yes, I we did. Just that, we did yeah. play that. What was the one that I sent you? Oh, I sent you another clip. I sent you the, the COVID clip, but I sent you Andy Reid, Coach Andy, Andy Reid. Yes. All right, so when we come back, I think I finally have the answer that has been perplexing America and dividing conservatives, whether or not Taylor Swift is some CIA psyop or not. I think I finally have the answer for you. But before I get to that, Cherry Hill Volvo on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. Even if I am stuck in traffic tonight getting up to main, main Point Books, at least I'll enjoy the ride because Volvos are beautiful cars, luxurious with all the latest tech, and there is a sensational sale happening at Cherry Hill Volvo this month. How about a beautiful S60 courtesy Volvo for less than $29,000? It's an incredible opportunity to experience luxury for less. These are courtesy S60s with less than 5,000 miles on them. They are selling right now. For less than $29,000. There are a limited number available, so don't wait on this one. You'll love the S-Class. They're made right at their plant in South Carolina. Thousands of American jobs. And Cherry Hill Volvo is undergoing a massive renovation to their dealership in order to serve you even better. They are open, have ample inventory, and they are ready to meet you today. So now is the time to get the luxury vehicle you deserve, a Volvo from Cherry Hill Volvo. It's a great time to visit. Many incredible incentives available, like an S-Class. And a courtesy S-Class, they barely use these cars. They're for loaners and for valet service if they need them to you know, pick, pick up a client or somebody. So they, they're low mileage, less than 5,000 miles. They're in pristine condition, and they can be yours for less than $29,000. And most importantly, forget all the other Volvo dealers out there. We broadcast live from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios because they stand with us. Judith and her entire team they stand with us at Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. So please, stand with them as well. Cherry Hill Volvo, where relationships matter. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. You know, I'm assuming I still work here. You haven't gotten any memos from Greg about playing some generic live and local show or anything like that? <laughs> I, I've not seen any emails. Damn it. I get so excited. My badge didn't work today. So I was running late. Had the whole had this whole thing where I had somebody changing out a light and I had to help them. And as I was running late and then my badge didn't work downstairs and then they let me up anyway, which is never a good sign because I, what if I was a disgruntled employee looking to shoot everybody, which is exactly <laughs> obviously. So anyway, my badge didn't work, but I, I, I for a moment I was like, oh, maybe this is the day, you know? Maybe this is the day, finally. But but you have not been instructed anything about, you know, play a generic live and local or put Hannity back on or get Opelka in here, nothing. Opelka is coming in later, but... That's true. Uh, no, aside from that, I haven't received any memos. Because, what? you know, the way it works in radio is if you're fired, they just act like you're dead. <laughs> Literally, like you just died. And they no, not even that, like you never existed. Yeah, That's what happens. They don't let you... Come back to say goodbye or no. anything typically, right? No, there's no final show. There's no farewell show. 
unless you're Angelo Cataldi, but otherwise you're 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 out. If they that's more if you retire, but if you if you get fired, it's literally they scrub any reference to you like you never existed. It's 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 like when the guys in Men in Black come over with those little things and shh, and then erase your memory. Is the only army? And then what? What army? <laughs> Rich huh? who? Yeah, Rich who? And they try to do that this way. If you go to a competitor, you 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 won't bring the audience with you. Like they wouldn't come. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I hope you weren't fired because I gave you my swipe card, and I'm sure that's a breach of protocol. Yeah, well, if I'm fired, you're probably fired. Bad news. Yeah, I assume uh, we're, all, we're all on the, the way out. And this mugshot of yours on this old intercom badge, I don't even know why this still works. How come your intercom works, my Odyssey badge does not? <laughs> no one ever approached me about getting a new badge. I think I'm the only one with an intercom uh, uh, emblem on it still. I got so excited thinking maybe today I was fired. <laughs> well, I hate to break the news to you, but I, I think you're still employed. Almost like you know it's coming, you just want to get it over with, kind of. It's like waking up before your alarm. Yes, and th- waking up three minutes before your alarm, which is the worst feeling in the world. Mm-hmm. You're, going, you're sitting there going, if I fall back asleep, is it worth it? And then by the time that happens, the alarm goes off. Anyway. No, I changed it. Not a light bulb, Sid. It wasn't a light bulb. It was a light fixture. Yeah, anyway. The way you were telling that story at the beginning, it sounded like you were setting up for a joke. Oh, about ch- like how many Italians does it take to change a light bulb? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we can make that up. It uh, takes four. Three to, uh, one guy to bribe the uh, town inspector. One guy to buy the Fugazi lights off the internet. And another guy to, to, uh, to hire somebody's nephew to actually change the light bulb and then get 10% VIG back. <laughs> I think that's how that would work. So the question is, is Taylor Swift a PSYOP? The conservative movement has been divided over this issue lately with a number of conservative radio commentators and other people um, blasting conservatives for suggesting that Taylor Swift might be used as some sort of a uh, PSYOP. Now, what I've said to you about Taylor Swift is that as a popular figure, there's no question the government's going to try to use her to advance its narrative. No question about it. Her and her buddy her boyfriend travis and she's also going to be used by the biden campaign i don't particularly think it's as influential as everybody thinks i think i think there's an old saying in politics endorsements are worth one vote the person doing the endorsement so i'm not a huge believer that these endorsements matter all that much but i get it people get very nervous about these things in fact the, the 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 corporate media was writing all these articles about maga's latest conspiracy theory that taylor swift the Super Bowl will be rigged so Taylor Swift can win so that she can attract a new audience so then she can endorse Biden and bring all these football-loving people along for the ride to Biden. That's not going to happen. That, Taylor Swift is not going to sway anybody away from Trump over to Biden. I can tell you that. Is she going to influence young women on social media? Yeah. Are they going to vote? Probably not, to be honest with you. I don't think it's going to move the needle in that respect. But I get it. I, I do, and I think that You'd be a fool not to see that coming. You'd be a fool not to prepare for the fact that you're going to have a very powerful, influential performance artist who's going to endorse Biden. No doubt about it. Maybe sing at the Democrat National Convention this summer. I wouldn't. Nothing, nothing would surprise me. But does that mean the Super Bowl's rigged? Doesn't have to be for Taylor Swift. She's incredibly popular. 
Coach Andy Reid, our guy, our buddy. Yeah, she only got 35,000 people to register to vote on Instagram. That's it. And of those 35,000, how many of them actually voted? She has 300 million followers on Instagram. She only got 35,000 people to register to vote. I'm no math guy. That's not good. That's not a good number. That's like less than 10%. So, and of those people that she got registered, how many of those people voted, Matt DeSantis? I don't know, but I know it's not 100%. Bingo. I would bet you of that 35,000, I'd say maybe I'll give it 25% actually cast a vote. It's probably accurate. Yeah. Registering's easy. Anyone can do that. It's the voting that is the uh, hard part, although it's becoming increasingly easier. Anyway, Coach Reed, our buddy, was asked about this. Take a listen. Coach, right here. Yep. A gotcha. uh, question from Germany. Yes. Um, as you said before, um, times have changed a lot. Uh, the internet, mobile phones. Um, what do you say about the conspiracies that uh, have popped up concerning Charles Kelsey and Taylor Swift, like some kind of Republican conspiracies that you guys made it into the Super Bowl to actually secretly re-elect or help re-elect President Biden? Mm. That's, that's way out of my league. Very similar to me speaking German. <laughs> I, but I, listen, we appreciate, uh, I appreciate the question. She's, she's been great. Um, and um, we had a nice visit with President Biden. That's about as far as I can go last year, <laughs> yeah, with that. So Andy Reid's smart enough to not, not, not want to talk politics, not get into it. Well, the truth of the matter is, without Toby Keith, there would be no, no Taylor Swift. Not the CIA, Toby Keith. So it turns out yesterday, John Rich of Big and Rich, one of my favorite groups, their song, Never Mind Me, awesome. Anyway, John Rich, you know, he's a big outspoken conservative. He's buddies with Jimmy Fallon, as a matter of fact. And uh, he's a, a big outspoken supporter of Trump. John Rich is a, uh, a very outspoken guy on social media as well. So he retweeted something yesterday asking the question, will Taylor Swift acknowledge Toby Keith's passing? Because as of last night, when I checked, she had not. I don't know if she has yet. I don't follow Taylor Swift, and I don't, I don't care if I upset the Swifties. I don't really care. But I will say it's very obvious that if she doesn't, that's quite rude. Because without Toby Keith, there would be no Taylor Swift. And we were all remembering Toby Keith yesterday. But obviously, Toby Keith is a little toxic now because Toby Keith is kind of MAGA. I don't really, I, I mean, there's no question in my mind that, Taylor Swift is trying to avoid this acknowledgement of who Toby Keith is, even though without Toby Keith, there's no Taylor Swift. This is a news report from 2005. Take a listen. Thanks. I think it's too thin. I need more hair. Hair talk at Hendersonville High is a serious subject for 15-year-old Taylor Swift, considering her hair and face are already in national magazine ads and coming soon to the cover of her first big record. Nashville last year writing her own songs, singing them, and hoping someone would like them. Toby Keith did. So much so that he just signed her to his new record label. That makes them partners. You're in the room with him and you can feel it. There's a power there and you're just like, oh my God. So I don't think I'll ever get to a point where I won't see him and be like, oh my God, that's Toby Keith. Yeah. But you were just a temporary 
We visited Taylor a year ago at Hendersonville High when we thought her talent was special. Anyway, without Toby Keith, there's no Taylor Swift, bottom line. And I don't think she's acknowledged uh, Toby Keith, but we'll see. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Doesn't look like she's posted anything on social media about Toby Keith. Hmm. Wonder why that is. Wonder why. Shocking. All right, big four o'clock hour coming up. The Republicans' latest scam to make sure that they get our money sent across the border of Ukraine, because that's what this so-called border bill was always about. Getting our money across the border into Ukraine. Don't go away. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210. WPHT. And on the free Odyssey app. WPHT. WPHT. HD. WOGL. HD3. Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will party. Like Christy Todd Whitman. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210. billion for Ukraine. $14 billion for Israel. $2.44 billion for the Red Sea. $9.15 billion for Gaza and the West Bank. And then some other money in there. That is what the Senate is about to vote on momentarily. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. Great to be with you. We are watching this right now congressional gridlock they have now switched completely over to just sending your taxpayer dollars overseas they've abandoned the border vote for the time being and now it's strictly a foreign aid bill and the big bulk of that money as i just mentioned to you is ukraine funding now look i hope the republicans in the house tell the senate to go scratch i really do i hope i hope that they they tell them to go pound sand goodbye walk away it's over because uh if they don't then there's no point in having anyone be speaker. They're just going to do whatever they're told by Mitch McConnell. So you might as well get one of Mitch McConnell's staff members to do it. You don't have to be a member of the House. Just make it easier. You going to stand up to this guy or what? You going to do your job or not? That's what I'm watching to see here. Now, the House Republicans are signaling that there'll be another vote on Mayorkas, despite the setback yesterday. Speaker, uh, The Speaker is vowing that there will be another vote. They're going to do it. Now, To understand some of this, you have to realize that the magic number depends on who's there and who isn't. They were counting on the fact that they knew Steve Scalise wasn't going to be there. But they also thought this guy from Texas, Al Green, was not going to be there. And then Al Green, because he was in the hospital, he actually rushed from the hospital in his hospital garb to deliver the vote to save Mayorkas. I kid you not. He had undergone abdominal surgery. But he was rushed to the Capitol because he said the vote was personal. With the final moments of the vote dwindling, the House watched intently on Tuesday night to see whether any more Republicans would defect on the resolution to impeach Mayorkas. Three House Republicans had already cast votes against impeaching. Then, like a scene out of a political thriller, Representative Al Green, Democrat of Texas, appeared at the last moment to cast a surprise ballot from a wheelchair wearing blue hospital clothing and tan socks. He voted no. 
Mr. Green's vote was decisive. It tied up the measure 215 to 215 and handed a stunning defeat to Speaker Mike Johnson. I was determined to cast the vote long before. I had no idea how close it was going to be, Mr. Green said in an interview on Tuesday night from his hospital bed where he had returned shortly after voting. I didn't come assuming my vote was going to make a difference. I came because it was personal. They literally wheeled this guy in after having abdominal surgery. He's still in his hospital gown. And I'm telling you, those things are quite revealing. I've worn them because I had my abdominal surgery over the summer. And um, they show everything, those hospital gowns. I'm just saying. The whole thing is nuts. No pun intended. But on Tuesday night, Mr. Green, who rushed to the Capitol after undergoing emergency abdominal surgery, delivered the final blow, at least for now. So they were counting on the fact that he would not be there. And they were counting on the fact that Scalise would not be there. But then Green pulled this little stunt from, from literally from a wheelchair. He was still in the hospital on Tuesday recovering from surgery when he learned the House would vote on the impeachment charges against Mayorkas. He spoke to his doctors and phoned Representative Hakeem Jeffries, Democrat of New York and the minority leader, to let him know that he would take an Uber to the Capitol. Mr. Jeffries did not insist he make the vote, but he arranged transportation for him. He went straight to the attending physician's office on the first floor of the Capitol where his blood pressure and temperature were monitored. He insisted on being brought up for the impeachment vote, not to make a dramatic entrance, he said, because this was a vote that was important to me. Right, <laughs> right, not to make a dramatic entrance or anything. While he was sitting on the House floor, Representative David Scott, Democrat of Georgia, turned to tell him he had tied the vote. I hadn't even given thought to what that meant, Mr. Green said. Mr. Green did not cast a vote on an unrelated bill immediately preceding the impeachment resolution in what appeared to be an attempt to keep Republicans guessing. It seemed to work. Representative Marjorie Taylor Green, Republican of Georgia and a vocal prominent of the drive for Mr. Mayorkas's impeachment, accused Democrats of playing a game and having Mr. Green withhold his earlier vote to lull Republicans into a false sense of security. Well, of course, she's exactly right. It's exactly what they did. See, now that this comes out, I was very, very harsh on the Republicans yesterday for having a vote and you didn't, you didn't have all the votes, but they thought they did. They thought they had all the votes based on the fact that Green was not there for the earlier vote. So they thought they were going to be able to pass it. Now, I don't know. That doesn't get the Republicans who voted no off the hook. Certainly not. That's number one. Number two, if there was even any doubt if it was going to be so close by one vote, why not wait? Why not hold off? That's what I don't understand. But they hid one of their members waiting to the last minute, watching to see our votes, trying to throw us off on the numbers that we had versus the numbers they had. So, yeah, that was a strategy at play tonight. But Mr. Green denied timing his entrance to trick Republicans, explaining that he assumed that the vote would be tight, but that Republicans would prevail since they had chosen to bring the resolution onto the floor. So we're supposed to believe. This guy got out of the hospital bed, literally in his gown and his tan hospital socks, got into a uh, medical transport, not an Uber, got in, in a wheelchair and went and cast his vote. Not because he thought he was going to be the one to, to cast the deciding vote, but because it was just personal for him. He still thought it was going to pass anyway. It was just personal. Does anybody believe that? Stop it. Come on, please. They knew they needed his vote. They didn't think Republicans would count on him coming. They kept that little, I mean, I admire it. Listen, I love dirty political tricks. I love it. How can you not? You got to love a good dirty political trick. 
It's a shame when it happens to you, but it can also be a learning moment. You know, you learn from it. Say, man, we'll get him back next time for that. No doubt about it. But it was a sleazy, dirty trick. He said, under the Pelosi School of Politics, you don't bring it to the floor if you're not going to pass it, Mr. Green said. Well, they thought they were going to pass it. But in the end, Representative Blake Moore of Utah, a member of the Republican leadership, flipped his vote to allow the party to bring the resolution up again at a later time when leaders hope they will still have the votes. And then Mr. Green went back to the hospital where he said he's going to be taken great care of and I'm going to be a better patient, he said. You know, it's not easy to leave a hospital bed. It's not easy to just leave the hospital. I, it, I mean, it's really important to understand this point. If you've ever been a patient in a hospital, and this is one of those times where I wish I could get Maz on the phone, but I know he's busy running one, running a huge medical system for that matter. But you don't just get to walk out. I mean, that's leaving against doctor's orders. You have to be discharged. There's a whole procedure for that. You don't just get to leave. You know what I mean? But if you're a member of Congress and you're special, I guess it's different for you. But but typically, you don't get to just leave. I mean, what if I want to leave and go to cigar night? I thought about it. And I did actually show up for a cigar night at Tavistock two days after I left the hospital, which was a terrible idea. I would tell you this story, DeSantis, Henry. I, have t- I never told you guys this story. <laughs> no, so. but I'm interested. <laughs> so I was in the hospital, obviously, of getting my abdominal surgery. It was back in July, right? It was right after July 4th, I think. If yeah, I'm not mistaken. Right. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, by the way, Matt just uh, texted me, said, what did you say about Al Green? So he's the same guy that tried over and over and over again to uh, get Congress to impeach Trump starting in 2017. And the reasons he laid out for the resolution uh, were high crimes and misdemeanors, uh, specifically Trump's defense of protesters in Charlottesville, Virginia, his criticism of NFL players for kneeling during the national anthem and uh, retweeting uh, something that he deemed anti-Muslim. Yeah, I think there's some nutty audio of him, too, we could unearth from he, his past. He's a crazy person. Yeah, I feel like we've played some of uh, of Green's greatest hits on the show before. I think he's he's said some nutty things. Opelka, if you're listening, I know you, you have some audio of him. Send it my way, please. Don't save it for your hour, you selfish son of a... <laughs> Still my show, damn it. Making that point, I think it's my show. I have no idea. Well, your your card doesn't work anymore. It may right. be Opelka's show. We're assuming it's still the Richie show. I don't know that for a fact, because my card did not work. You know, to fuel your speculation even further, I know Matt Rooney actually finally got a key card this week. Oh, Ooh. really? Yeah. No. Oh, Rooney's always trying to go after my corpse. That's that's what I'm saying. It's, I won't uh, go around Rooney if there's a knife on the table or anything else like that, because it'll be an Ides of March at two Rooney. He wants this job so bad. Oh, I know he does. He'd kill me in a heartbeat. I may see him Friday night at the Atlanta County Republican dinner where I'm speaking, which is why I'm off on Friday. And Rooney will probably try to kill me and throw me in the ocean, hide the body, just so he can get this show. It's amazing that he's worked here, what, several years yeah, now and is three plus just getting a, a key card that works. That doesn't bode well for you getting a replacement. No. It, what amazes me is that I've worked here for, what, 12 years, and my key card doesn't work one day, and out of the blue, and I go, ooh, is this the day I start a podcast like Joe Rogan? <laughs> anyway, what were you saying? Oh, yeah, so I had my surgery, right? And I left the hospital on a Monday, and they had cigar night Wednesday night, 
and I went there <laughs> and I had to wear a, um, a giant gauze thing on my stomach because I was still oozing. Why did you leave the house? Well, because I wanted to smoke a cigar, that's why, and drink a bourbon. And the bourbon did not mix well with the painkillers that I was, <laughs> that were still in my system or the anesthesia that was still in my system. Anyway, that night is famous now. They always talk about that night because I was, um, let's put it this way, I didn't drive home <laughs> and I don't, I don't remember exactly getting home. It didn't work. It was not a good idea. In the end, it was probably not doctor's orders. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a medical degree, but I could tell you that you certainly yeah. shouldn't have been uh, smoking cigars while your wound was still healing. I was literally oozing with a cigar in my hand, a bourbon in the other hand, still kind of high on pain meds, and also the anesthesia had not fully left my system yet. Good heavens. It's a recipe for the kind of night you can only have in Kensington, you know what I mean? <laughs> kind of night you can only have under the tracks of the yell. Did you at least enjoy yourself? It sounds like you did. I don't remember a damn thing. I have no idea. Did I? So, I yes. don't know. I think so. But uh, but it's not easy to leave the hospital. Like, you don't just get, I couldn't, if I was still in the hospital that night, I couldn't have said to the doctor, listen, I'm going to run out, go to the cigar dinner at Tavistock, and then I'm going to come right back. They would not have let that happen. So the idea that Al Green just left the hospital and came right back to his bed it's not that easy to just leave. You don't have, the, it's not like that. It's not how it's supposed to work. So this is really a trick that they pulled because he was a patient. He was a, he, he had had surgery. He was a patient in the hospital and he was in his bed recovering. And nobody just leaves and comes back. It's not, you don't get visitation. People come to you. You don't get to go to them. But he's a member of Congress. He's one of the exalted members. And of course, I'm sure he threatened. I'm sure the hospital people are all a bunch of Dems. It's in D.C. Do we, we know which hospital he was in, actually? Well, it's probably somewhere in the District of Columbia. And there are probably a bunch of uh, lefties there. And he probably told them what he was going to do. And they probably helped them do it. And that's against what is not only in his best interest as a patient, but probably against hospital policy, probably against whatever rules of the insurance company are paying for that. But that's you and I. So what do, what do, what do we care? And probably in violation of everything. Because he essentially discharged himself from the hospital against doctor's orders. And then how did he get back? Then typically if that happens, then you have to get readmitted into the hospital. And a big reason why you can't just discharge yourself and leave against doctor's orders is because if you need to come back in, it's a whole process. They just get you back in. They don't just keep your bed warm. That means the hospital was in on it. That means that the people, this is the, you see, these are the questions Republicans need to ask. Who at the hospital was aware that this was happening? Who gave the okay for this? Who facilitated this? Why didn't hospital security try to stop him from leaving? And did his doctor discharge him or not? And if he was discharged officially, is that what occurred? And how come he, like, I mean, all these questions, but it was a, a dirty political trick because nobody thought that Green could pull it off because, again, there are standards in place at hospitals where patients just, just don't walk out the freaking door. I was in Cooper. I was in Cooper for five days. and. I am I am very close friends with the CEO. If anybody was going to leave and come back, it would have been me. All right. Believe me. I would have pulled that card in a heartbeat. What are you watching? What's happening right now? Is there a vote going on? No, I only looked at the TV because Henry said something about the television, but there isn't anything. Interesting no, I just happening. said there's the fraud job is on TV. Pollster. He doesn't think pollsters uh, are real. Oh, no, they're fugazi. Yeah. Most of them. Most of them. Anyway. So let's get their opinion. So Trafalgar's good, but that's about it. They're mostly fugazis.
But if anybody was going to leave the hospital and come back, it was going to be me. I was going to pull that stunt. You know what I mean? Uh, I feel like just stay in the hospital. You, Al Green. But don't you don't you think somebody at the hospital had to help him do this? I would assume because I job. can't. Like, it has I, to be. I, I, Mike Johnson seems like a pretty smart guy. I can't believe he holds this vote if he thinks there's any reasonable chance that Al Green's going to show up and screw up the numbers. And they didn't think he would because he was in the hospital recovering from surgery. He was a patient in the hospital. And he wasn't discharged. He gets there in his gown and his socks in a wheelchair and goes right back to the hospital after. So they let him out to go vote. It's a sleazy move. It's, a to- it's an absolute sleazy move. And it's the big story of the day today brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria. VenariaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A. VenariaDental.com. My buddy, my dentist, my friend, and the master of dental implants. Go see him today for that perfect smile that you deserve, because you do deserve it. Dr. Mike Venaria. VenariaDental.com. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a dirty political trick, no question about it. All right, we got a lot to chat about today. Where this goes from here with the border, Chris Christie says he's dancing with the no labels crowd, and Justin Trudeau says Pierre Polivare wants to make Canada great again, and that is not what Canadians want. I kid you not. That's an actual quote from little Justin Trudeau. I'm not saying anything else for the moment because I have to take a break, but I'll have a lot more to say on that momentarily. Don't go away. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. So Chris Christie saying he's leaving open the no labels bid. He's flirting with no labels. You know, years ago, there was a, um, a governor of New Jersey by the name of Christy Todd Whitman, better known as Christy Todd Whitless. Anyway, um, Whitman wound up writing a book called It's My Party Too. And then leaving the Republican Party, ironically enough, she's one of the people that criticized Chris Christie big time back in 2016 when he backed Donald Trump. So New Jersey Republicans have a long history of this kind of turncoat behavior, but I found that to be ironic. Christie blasted Christie when Christie backed Trump and uh, the no labels governor. Christine Todd Whitman, Christie Whitman, and now Chris Christie. No labels. He says he says there'll be a long conversation is what he said. He's got a new book out on Reagan, I guess. The former New Jersey governor has repeatedly dismissed the idea of running a, a no labels ticket while competing for the Republican nomination. But nearly a month after exiting the race, he declined Tuesday to shut the door to the idea. He said, oh, I don't know. 
There'd be a long conversation between me and my wife, Mary Pat. I can guarantee you that, Christy said when he was asked on Good Morning America. He would consider running on a no-labels ticket. Christy said no-labels has not asked him to run on a potential ticket. However, NBC News reported the group had made overtures to his allies about the possibility before he dropped out of the Republican primary. Uh, good luck with that. Good luck with that. It does, you actually, he won't hurt Trump in any way, I don't think. It might hurt Biden, but it won't hurt Trump. So do whatever you got to do, I guess, there, Gov. Just further... I don't I, I, I don't really understand the strategy. I didn't understand the strategy of him running this time around, though. I don't get it. And I don't understand going in on this anti-Trump torpedo when you were the guy that was the first mainstream Republican in the country to back him in 2016. And you made all these people in the no-labels movement angry at you. And now you're courting these same people now, this time around. It's just not it's just not a very well thought out political strategy, in my opinion, if you ask me. Uh, John Fetter person, his body double. I told you my theory about Fetterman, right? That Fetterman has it's not really John Fetterman anymore. It's just like the movie Dave, where the body double has taken over the role. See, in the movie Dave with Kevin Klein and Sigourney Weaver, it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it. What happens is the president has a stroke. This guy who does a great impression of him was brought in before the stroke to to be the president at an event just to walk, just to kind of show up and so the president could have his uh, time with his gumad at the White House. Anyway, in the course of his relations with the gumad, the president suffers a stroke and the guy who's brought in to be the body double, basically, turns around and then they say to him, all right, you're going to be the president now. We'll run the White House, we'll run the country, but you just sit there and smile. But in the course of the movie, he develops a friendship with Sigourney Weaver, who's the first lady, and then ultimately, she influences his politics, and then he actually embraces the role and becomes the president and pushes his legislative agenda. It's a cute, charming, funny, romantic movie, and up until recently, I thought it was totally impossible and implausible, and then John Fetterperson happened. And then there were all these rumors about his body double on the internet for a long time, and as usual, people would call those things conspiracy theories, but they'd have these side-by-side comparison pictures, and they go, there's no way this is the same John Fetterman, you know? And then Fetterman starts coming out and speaking against the border, you know, how the border's got to be secure, takes a pro-Israel stance, and today criticizing pro-Palestinian protesters. And this is what John Fetterperson's body double said, cut 11. I think I've met, now I've, I've met with six, six family or victim groups during all of this. And, you know, that should have stopped because everyone should have been home long ago. And I don't understand why to anyone that is protesting or demanding for a ceasefire. Let's be honest here. Why aren't you protesting to bring them all home right now? Why aren't you demanding that Hamas surrenders as well as well, too? Because we know both of those happen. You know, there's going to be the ending, ending of the suffering and the death of innocent Palestinians and Israelis as, as well, too. And now I support a two-state solution as well, but that is meaningless until Hamas is effectively eliminated as well, too, as well. Now, of course, because Hamas now disavows and rejects a two-state solution as well, too. And now they are committed to the destruction of Israel again. I would never want to negotiate with a group that wants to commit it to my death as, as well. Bring all of these people back home now. End this. 
and stop pretending that this is some kind of equivalence here now. This is like, bring them back. But, you know, a lot of progressives are not happy with John Fetterperson's body double. Like Will Bunch, the lefty writer for the Philadelphia Inquirer, very angry at John Fetterman. Very angry. And apparently now, unlike in the movie Dave, they see in the movie Dave, it's a beautiful, happy ending at the end where Dave and the first lady get together and he decides to run for local town council after he, spoiler alert, I hate to give it away, but the movie was made in, it was actually pre-Clinton. I think it was made in, well, may, may have been right at the start of Bill Clinton's presidency, 93, because the president was screwing around. So Clinton was obviously the inspiration for it. But it's a happy ending, and at the end they wind up together, and he winds up running for mayor of the town or something like this after he, at the State of the Union address, fakes a stroke, and then they bring the actual president out on a stretcher, and then he ultimately dies, and, you know. But it's a happy ending, because the first lady loved the body double more than her husband. In this case, though, in real life, it doesn't seem like it's going to be a happy ending. Because it turns out Giselle Fetterman doesn't seem to like the body double very much. From Cindy Adams, from page six of the New York Post. You know, page six is that, that, uh, that, that you know, they do all the gossip stuff over there. Anyway, this is what she wrote. She said, everyone has a deal, a book deal. Senator John Fetterperson's wife, Giselle, grabbing news lately about her sweatshirt-wearing senator husband who refuses to wear a suit, and they might split up. She got an agent looking to do a book about marriage struggles, husband stroke challenges, and blah, blah, blah. More books. Me. First to report Cuomo's ex-assistant, Melissa DeRosa, was writing one. She denied, denied, swore that's all a lie, and then bingo, the thing was out for sale. Even Cuomo lights aren't reading it. Cuomo lights aren't reading it, so she's actually sent out free copies. One Upper West Side woman who got it sent this literature back, marked return to sender with a nasty note to Melissa DeLire. Poetry. Sophia Coppola is doing nifty things these days, but 1979, she wrote this untitled poem, No Rhymes, in second grade. Sitting in an empty room, moonlight shining on the rooftop, not knowing what to do, sliding my fingers across the tatami mats and dreaming of home where mother calls you by your name, nowhere to go. What should I do now? Life is getting shorter every day. It appeared in the California Poets. It appeared in California Poets in the school's anthology. Anyway, the point is that um, Cindy Adams is is letting everybody know that the gossip that she knows is that John Fetterman and Giselle may be splitting up. Near Post had that story that John Fetterman poses in tuxedo hoodie with his wife Giselle for date night after separation rumors swirl. So she may not be happy with the body double. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Listen, uh, I'll tell you, as we we have Congressman Jeff Van Drew joining the show shortly today. We're very excited to have him on the show and talk to him. But I want to share this with you. This is um, this is a clip I have here now. With the border being the way it is, the absolute disaster that it is right now. And we're talking about switching gears Oh, just some breaking news. Upper Darby, two officers shot in Pennsylvania. Officers surround burning home. That is on Fox News right now, live in Upper Darby, which is obviously in our listening area. So uh, we'll we'll monitor this. Guys, let's keep a monitor on that for us. Maybe we want to turn on one of the local stations and if we need to. But um, what they're saying right now is that sources are telling the ABC affiliate in Philadelphia, that would be 6ABC, 11-year-old was shot inside the home. 
We have no word yet on the status of the shooter. But the headline is two officers shot in Pennsylvania. There was a witness there that said that there there were uh, they heard rapid fire. There were police shouting. There was an active shooter. Whether or not the status of these two police officers, the six ABC. Let can we switch over to actually. Let's switch over to six ABC if we could and see what they're saying about this situation. This is an ongoing situation right now in Upper Darby, East Lansdowne. Technically speaking, I believe. Are you? Are they talking about it right now? You guys have it on in there? Yeah. Yeah, I have it on. It's just the audio is not coming through. Give me a oh, second. Okay, we have to. Switch over some levers if we're going to do something like that. <laughs> switch over levers. As you're switching over those levers, I'll just say that in the national front right now, what we have happening is everybody's moving now towards this foreign aid bill, which at least they're acknowledging what this was the whole time, a foreign aid bill. And Corrine Jean-Pierre, KJP, the White House fembot, acknowledging Biden has no plans to go to the border anytime soon. And did you notice something else, too, that I found interesting yesterday? When Joe Biden came out and gave his um, his his stupid speech, it was a dumb speech. I mean, it really was reading on the teleprompter. Where was the border czar, Corrine Jean-Pierre? I mean, uh, uh, Kamala Harris. Where was where was the border czar, Kamala Harris? Uh, she was not there. The vice president of the United States of America, the so-called border czar, who's never actually been to the border, was not there with her running mate as he was giving a speech about passing critical border legislation. And by the way, the vice president would, in that, in, in that circumstance, could actually be the tie-breaking vote. If it was a 50-50 split in the Senate, she would be the tie-breaking vote. And that was something that could have happened, unless they needed to get to a 60-vote threshold. But if it was a 50-vote threshold, or a 51-vote threshold, she would have been the tie-breaking vote on that. So where was she? Where was Kamala Harris? As rumors swirl now that Biden never wanted her on the ticket in the first place. They can't stand her. And the only reason why they're even entertaining the idea right now of keeping Kamala Harris is because they know that woke would be very angry if they dumped the first black woman vice president and just push her off the ticket. But if that was the case, if she was gone, Biden would be gone. No doubt in my mind about that. These poll numbers are so terrible. So bad. And Trump's lead is great that he's now coming out and saying things. You have it? Are they reporting on the local story? All right, let's take a listen to what's being reported here on 6ABC. A lot of officers who are hanging back here a little bit more, some of them chatting with each other. It looks like some of them figuring out how they're going to be able to get more people in there. The, the other side of this police tape, the closer you get from where I can see about a block away, things do appear to be a little more tense up there. I can tell you from where we are, we haven't seen a new crew or a new piece of equipment come in in a little bit of time. But that's also because this entire block is jam packed with police cars coming all the way back here to the tape. It doesn't look like, unless they start to maneuver around some of these vehicles, get them out of the way, that they're going to be able to bring more pieces of equipment in. I am seeing has another hose attached to it. I, I can't tell for sure if that's the one that's being fed all the way to the fire or if that's a secondary piece of equipment. We'll try to learn more about that, but... Yeah, you know, it's we, going to be difficult to bring more pieces of equipment in. No doubt, just a logistical nightmare down there too. But but you know, if we can, you know, 
be grateful for anything here in in this situation is that there is no wind today and so as we look at these flames they are they are straight up in the air that uh, smoke is straight up in the air right, so and a big house fire in Lansdowne uh, on either side do not and two officers to have been were shot just yet uh, by that by those flames and there's a the house fire that's going enormously on intense All right, John Paul also there on the scene he's been talking to some of the people who this live there in that neighborhood right and heard the initial gun gunshots that came before these flames broke out John what are they able to tell you what are you learning there on the ground I mean, it sounded like a lot of shots were fired, Sarah. I mean, people just kept saying they kept hearing shot after shot after shot. And now we're getting debris falling on us from the ash from that fire. You can kind of see it here coming down. This is how close we are to that fire. The firefighters are still on this side being held back, but they're starting to put apparatus in place so they can move in. But yeah, you can see some of that debris, that ash falling down. Now, I just talked to one neighbor who lives right next door to that house and heard the gunfire, and he knows those neighbors. He said he heard one or two shots, then he waited, and then he started hearing multiple shots. So he got down on the floor. Eventually, SWAT team came and got him out of that house. He's still wrapped in a blanket. He just walked uh, out of the scene. Uh, I talked to another neighbor who said after she started hearing the gunshots, she ran to one of the stores here, and they pulled her inside, and they locked up to try to keep her safe because nobody really knew what was going on. They just kept hearing the gunfire and seeing the officers coming here to this area and run toward that house so that's uh, just kind of the picture everybody is painting for me multiple gunshots uh, and then they saw the officers and uh, one of the neighbors said he saw the officers returning fire uh, toward that house and of course another neighbor saying they saw at least two officers with wounds being taken away uh, from the scene if you guys have any other questions I'll be uh, I'd be happy to answer well, those. but you know you can I'm... see these uh, firefighters still waiting yeah, I, I'm just thinking yeah, about Brian. the really important piece of information you relayed as we were so curious about uh, the people in those neighboring homes so close to that gunfire and those flames. We thought, did police have time to get them out? You're learning at least the next door neighbor was evacuated to safety. Have you heard anybody in the other nearby homes having been evacuated as well? This is the one neighbor I talked to. You can see he's wrapped up in a blanket. He obviously uh, seems kind of he, like he's in shock right now. He's trying to call people. Yes, and I did talk to some other people. You know, Brian, what one neighbor told me was after he heard the shots, he looked outside and saw officers running, and they were saying, active shooter, get inside your house. So that's what he did. He locked himself inside, but eventually he just wanted to see what was actually going on and decided to leave that area. I only know of one person being uh, helped out by the SWAT team so far, but I I'm assuming we might see more because I have seen some people walking out of that crime scene. Uh, there's crime scene tape up here, so I'm assuming anybody coming out of there is likely a neighbor who has been either helped out or uh, forced out of their homes. Right, we'll keep this monitoring this for you, but that's what we have. East Lansdowne, PA, two officers shot responding to a shooting, and there's also a house fire that's happening. We'll keep this going. We'll keep getting details for you. Obviously, breaking news and a big story right in our backyard, so we'll be all over it. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Uh, Donald Trump is asking you to give Anheuser-Busch a second chance. This is ahead of a fundraiser he's doing with one of their lobbyists, a guy by the name of Jeff Miller. In fact, Anheuser-Busch paid Miller's firm $260,000 in 2003. It's good money. Uh, Miller's built his lobbying business up during the Trump years. He announced Tuesday on Twitter he'd be hosting a Washington, D.C. fundraiser for Trump. The event is set to feature over a hundred members of Congress, as well as special guest Donald Trump Jr. Tickets for the event range from a thousand to ten thousand dollars each. So this is what Trump put out 
I'll tell you what he said when we get back. And do you think that uh, Anheuser-Busch deserves a second chance? Let me know. But I'll tell you about Dr. Mike Venaria, great guy, great friend, great dentist, the master of dental implants. He really is an outstanding, outstanding guy. And I'm so happy that he's my dentist and my family's dentist. He's the master of implant dentistry, the master of making you look and feel your greatest with a million-dollar smile. I recommend you book an appointment with Dr. Mike today. I've been telling you about Dr. Mike for years. My entire family goes to Dr. Venaria because the level of care and commitment to dental excellence that Dr. Mike and his staff delivers to every patient is unmatched. He's been delivering results that surpass expectations that has made him a top dentist in New Jersey for 10 consecutive years. He has one of the most respected reputations among his peers as a master of dental implants. So if you've been on the fence about getting that dental procedure done, reach out to Dr. Mike today. You have a choice, a clear choice for you and your family. Give Dr. Venaria a call. I promise you won't be disappointed. With two locations to serve you, and Cinnaminson and Woodbury. Schedule your free implant consultation today for your perfect smile. Call 856-786-2020. 856-786-2020 or visit VenariaDental.com. V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. He's a great guy. He's a great dentist and he's the master of dental implants. So please reach out to him today for the smile you deserve. VenariaDental.com. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. All right, we are following a breaking news story of uh, two police officers injured responding to a shooting in East Lansdowne, Pennsylvania. We are keeping watch on that for you. It's breaking news. Is also a, a house fire that's ongoing, or at least they may have put it out. I'm not quite sure exactly on that. We're trying to get all the details on this, but there's going to be potentially now a briefing of some kind. If it is, we'll take it live for you, obviously. Because again, this is, like I said, right in our backyard. And this is, you know, our job here to follow this stuff. Um, 6ABC is taking it live from the scene right now. And you can see the firefighters are walking toward the scene. I have not, I don't believe we've got an update yet on the condition of the officers, but we'll keep monitoring that. They were SWAT officers walking around as well um, when they got there. So there was a lot of confusion. There was a shooting of some kind. So, again, these details are all sort of coming in. Um, and I don't know if they've been given the all clear yet, but there's a bunch of firefighters who are waiting to be given the all clear because obviously they have to make sure first there's no gunfire. And then the question is, is the, is the fire, the house fire spreading to other other houses in the area in the neighborhood so they're looking at that so we'll keep monitoring that for you I don't have any other real details for you at the moment but that is the big story of the day it's local and it's brought to you by dr mike venaria dr mike is the my dentist my friend and the master of dental implants just visit him today venariadental.com v-a-n-a-r-i-a venariadental.com in the meantime as we uh, watch this happening, and it looks like, based on the live chopper, that there is still a, an ongoing house fire that is happening right now in East Lansdowne. So you got a number of things happening. There's a, 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 a gunfight, officers shot, and this ongoing situation of putting out this house fire as well. All of this happening at the same time in uh, East Lansdowne. <clears throat> On the border, the uh, White House Fembot said Biden has no plans to visit the southern border again. This is White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre. I mean, why would he, right? Why, why would he go? He's only running for president. He's only, he's only running for re-election. 
Why would he visit the border? Why would the president of the United States do that? That sounds crazy. Cut seven. And does the president plan to go to the border? Well, the president was at the border uh, last year, so just want to make sure make that clear. Last year. And so he got to see for himself uh, what the uh, Border Patrol agents go through their process. Uh, he got to see the technology that's used. You guys, some of, I'm sure if you guys on the plane weren't here, some of your colleagues were there and got to see the president in action and, and uh, really get a sense for himself what happens at the border. So don't have anything to share there. He went there last year. All right, that's good enough. Went there once last year. Went to the border. That's it. That's all you need. That's all you need to know. He went there last year. Got it? I'm telling you, if this guy's running for re-election, then I've got a bridge to sell you because this is the worst political campaign I've ever seen in my entire life. In my entire life. It's just, it's, 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 a, it's so bad right now. And Chuck Todd, Chuck Todd of Meet the Press, now, or whatever the hell it's called now. The Ch- this was on the Chuck Toddcast. Get it? The Chuck Toddcast. You get it? Come on, it's funny. The Chuck Toddcast. That's funny. Come on, laugh at that. Ha ha. I get it. I just, it's Stupid. not that funny. It's as dumb as Chuck Todd is. <laughs> you, know, you know he came up with that. He's like, I got it. Oh, yeah. I got the name. Oh, I got this name. They're going to love this name. The Chuck Toddcast. <laughs> Uh, the, it looks like the police chief is about to give, they're going to give a statement soon, the chief of the police department in East Lansdowne. Uh, we will do our best to bring it to you, obviously, if we can. But that is, um, I, I guess that could be happening right now. We, we want to find out the condition of the officers, most importantly. That's what we're very concerned about. Uh, anyway, on the Chuck Toddcast, he's blaming the right-wing media for killing the border deal. Us, me, people like me. Here's from the Chuck Toddcast. Cut two. It's just a reminder of just the control that Trump has of the party. And more importantly, either does he control the right wing media ecosystem or does it sort of control him? The reason I, I say that is it is worth noting that this is the fourth time in the last 15 years, 20 years, actually, you go back to 2007. I guess we can go back 15 years um, where the right wing ecosystem, media ecosystem has killed a bipartisan immigration reform deal. George W. Bush's in 2007, killed by Rush Limbaugh and talk radio. The Gang of Eight in 2013, killed by all essentially all right wing media. At that point, it was bigger. Sort of the Tea Party created an even larger share. So you had a social media wing and all that stuff that killed those attempts. Uh, Even Trump's uh, quick uh, agreement with Chuck Schumer for the wall for dreamers. That also was killed by the right wing media ecosystem. And of course, we've seen what happened today. And it's, you know. Look, the immigration, the facts of what's happening at the border and the belief of what's happening at the border by some uh, that only get their information from one of these right wing uh, information. um, I don't know what you call them, I guess, hucksters uh, is some of them. I mean, they're not very serious journalists. And and for the most part, but you are and it really has gas. You are. Mm -hmm. And I hate you know, I'm not a kind of crazy about overusing that word and all this stuff. But on immigration. It, it has created this scenario that anything that is short of sh- shutting down the border is acquiescence, is an existential threat. Now, don't you love how to, like, I'm a huckster, but he's not. His wife is a Democrat lobbyist. He's clearly in the tank for the Democrats. We should not listen to right-wing media. We should only listen to the corporate media because they're really unbiased. You know, they're really, we should listen to people like George Stephanopoulos because he's an unbiased journalist. 
It's such a joke. You know, I'm glad that Bill died, and I'm glad that right-wing media had a role in, in killing it. I'm, I'm good. Shows you the power of talk radio. Absolutely. All those other things he named that also died because of people like Rush and other people, good. Makes me happy. Good. I'm glad. That means it works. It means that we're, we're, it's working. Good. Thank you, Chuck Todd, for acknowledging the, the power of talk radio still in this day and age. Thank you. And, you know, the reality is it's, it's not because we're not serious journalists. It's because we're people who are opinion makers. And the opinion is this bill stinks. This bill stunk to high heaven. You knew it. I know it. Everybody knows it, except Chuck Todd, because he wanted the Ukraine money. The dirty little secret of all this is this is all about Ukraine. The whole thing's about Ukraine. It was never about the border anyway. The border was the big fugazi in all this. $60 billion for Ukraine, which is what the corporations want to give, which is what the swamp wants, what the lobbyists want, what the military industrial complex wants. That's what this is all about. It always has been about that. You know what? I'm gaslighting because I point out the truth. I'm gaslighting because I point out, I don't, first of all, I don't even know what the hell that term means. What does it mean? What does gaslighting mean anyway? You know, Henry, you're hip. You're hip. What does it mean? Yeah. Um, how would I phrase it? To throw it? gas on a fire? No? It's kind of like, um, man. It's manipulation. It basically. is It is manipulation, yeah. Why don't they just say that then instead of gaslighting? I don't understand the term. It's a specific term of manipulation. I'm trying to think of an example. Um, you want someone to believe your opinion, basically. Okay. It's, it's a manipulation of reality. You're, uh, it's like it's like if I were to say something outlandish, and then you know, you come back the next day and you said, "I can't believe you said that yesterday," and I'd been like, "Say what?" I didn't say anything. You do that all the time. So in other words, the other day when you were playing Sonny and Cher, that was gaslighting. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, that's a, that's a great example. I kind of gaslighted you into thinking that nothing was happening. That nothing was happening. That I wasn't playing that every single. Segment. So it's it's like a Jedi mind trick. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So if it's a if I'm playing a Jedi mind trick with everybody, that means that Chuck Todd's thesis then is that we really wanted, we know it's a good bill, but we're just lying to you for ratings or to, to sound conservative or something. No, this bill's a piece of crap. And the biggest tell was the fact that the sixty billion dollars of Ukraine was in it. And so there there you go. And and the other big tell here that this was not just gaslighting is the fact that they're now moving forward with trying to get the foreign aid package out and they're not working on the border anymore. All right, we'll give you an update on these two officers who've been shot in East Lansdowne. We're monitoring that situation for you. Congressman Jeff Van Drew is going to join us as well. We got a lot more to talk about in the five o'clock hour, but I want to tell you about my friends at McCaws and Lock Service because they are terrific and they are proud to once again support Radiothon. As a family-owned business for over 100 years, Tom, Chrissy, and the entire team Understand how important it is to support a great cause like the Travis Mannion Foundation. If you've lost your car keys or your key fob is broken, you've got to call McCausland Lock Service. They are the experts you need to repair, replace, reprogram original factory remotes, transponder keys, chip keys, and more. In addition to major makes, they also can help you with various BMW, Mercedes, Volkswagen, and Audi vehicles. They can help you while you wait. And the best part is they charge up to 50% below what you'd pay at a dealer. They are a full-service locksmith, and they're available for whatever you need. And they are dedicated to delivering superior customer service. So call McCall's and Lock Service today at 610-430-1500. Ask to talk to Tom or Chrissy about how they can help you. 
at 610-430-1500 or visit them. They're conveniently located on Route 420 in Prospect Park, PA. McCausland Lock Service. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at 5. 30 minutes of non-stop talk with Rich Zioli. All right, we are watching some local news in our area right now. In East Lansdowne, PA, two officers shot. And uh, we are are hopefully going to get an update from the chief of police soon. The house is on fire. It looks to be a total mess, but we do believe the officers are uh, okay. Uh, Thank God. We're trying to get more details on this. Everyone is um, waiting, but people are still inside their homes. We don't know if the all-clear has been given. There were gunshots, officers yelling, active shooter. And another neighbor saw at least two officers being taken away in ambulances. And then there is going to be an update from the chief of police at the hospital momentarily. So uh, there's still a house fire going on. There's still a lot of details coming in. We're, we're all over it for you, though. Don't worry. 855-839-1210. And that is the big story of the day today. It's brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria. With two locations to serve you in Cinnamonson and Woodbury, Schedule your free implant consultation today for your perfect smile. Call 856-786-2020 or visit VenariaDental.com, VenariaDental.com. By the way, Gina Carano is fighting back against cancel culture. Good for her. Fighting back against Disney. Disney whacked Gina Carano for uh, nonsense. A tweet that was so benign, so absolutely benign, and they fired her and she lost her gig on The Mandalorian. Meanwhile, her co-star, Pedro Pascal, who's actually, I mean, he's the, he's the lead, but he had also tweeted out a Nazi comparison, only he compared Trump supporters to Nazis. So that was okay. So ABC, Disney, China did not mind. Well, because ABC is the parent company of Disney, and or Disney is the parent company of ABC. I always forget. But either way, China is the parent company, the total parent company. So it's ABC, Disney, China is the official name. Anyway, ABC Disney China did not have a, a, a problem with that. Mark Hamill compared Trump to Hitler as well. You know, you know him from Luke Skywalker and the terrible reinvention of that character that they've done in the uh, Kathleen Kennedy years, just destroying Luke Skywalker, destroying Luke Skywalker. Ah, oh, abomination what they've done. But Gina Carano got fired. Her tweet was about COVID and it was about how Jews in Germany during the 1930s, how neighbors started turning on neighbors. It wasn't anti-Semitic in any way. It was a point about how it's very easy for the government to start getting you to either hate your neighbors, betray your neighbors, turn in your neighbors. And it was a historical point that she was making. And it's an accurate historical fact. Whereas Pedro Pascal and uh, Mark Hamill, they both just called you a Nazi just for being a Trump supporter. And again, ABC Disney China was fine with that. Here's a little bit of Gina Carano, who now is help is with the help of Elon Musk is now uh, fighting back against Disney. Take a listen. What I've learned is that if this can happen to me, this can happen to anyone. I am uh, I'm easy to work with, and I am passionate about what we do. I am 
always excited to be on set. I even worked with them as much as I possibly could to resolve any issues that they had. But, you know, eventually you have a line. And, you know, when that line gets crossed, you just have to say enough. Enough is enough. And if I look back on uh, on what I if I would have caved and I would have done something that disrespected myself, then I wouldn't be doing any favors to um, the next generation, to my nieces, to, to your children, you know, um, and I felt like since I didn't have any children, I was um, a person that could could stand up and say some things. And the things that I said were so gentle. They weren't aggressive. They were never with ill intent. They were never malicious. And um, that's how I know, because I was so conscious that, you know, if this can happen to me, this will happen to you. And if we just pass this along to the next generation, uh, you know, it's just going to get worse and worse. Elon Musk tweeted out, uh, basically, an anonymous source sent him something from Disney. It is mandatory institutionalized racism and sexism with their inclusion standards. And Elon said, if you were discriminated against by Disney or any of its subsidiaries, ABC, ESPN, Marvel, etc., just reply to this post to receive legal support. And as usual, the Zeoli Army has uh, saved the day by giving me the true definition of gaslighting since my two producers were, as usual, completely useless in helping me understand where it came from. So Tony Ronzoni, otherwise from the Ronzoni podcast, I'm guessing, Gaslighting is based on a 1944 movie, Gaslight. It's about manipulation and deals in part, and deals in part with an actual gaslight that the antagonist dims over time, convincing the protagonist that she is going crazy as he tells her nothing has changed. Hmm. My car, gaslighting is when you deliberately do something to rile someone up and act like they're crazy, unhinged, because they're all riled up. It comes from a 1944 movie called Gaslight. Chris Eppolito says, Gaslighting is a term soon to be extinct once the progressive green left realizes you can't say it without promoting fossil fuels. Solar lighting and wind lighting, here we come. Hashtag words matter, hashtag Zeoli Army. An exile in Jersey again, pointing out that gaslighting is from the 1940s movie Gaslight. Her husband drives her insane by repeating that she didn't see what she had seen. Well, as much as I'm a film buff, that one got by me. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. And that check-in on social media brought to you by our friends at Cherry Hill Vavo, where relationships matter on Route 70 in Cherry Hill. And Opelka tweeted that to me as well. And he'll be taking over at 6 o'clock today because i got to head out to the (laughs) Terry Hayes event up in Wayne. Hopefully I'll see you there tonight. But it's an incredible old film. Mike said it was black and white. That's why none of the children understand it or remember it. Ingrid Berman, Ingrid Bergman, Charles Boyer, Joseph Cotton. It's a classic. Well, thank you. I will put that on my list. Uh, we are waiting now an update on what happened in East Lansdowne with the um, fire there. But basically, uh, we know the two police officers were injured responding. And we're also waiting to hear from hopefully Congressman Jeff Van Drew. If he's not called to the floor, we'll call in and give us an update. But in the meantime, on this issue of, of Disney and <laughs> Johnny Cook, if Jeffrey Tubin can discharge himself, so can Al Green. But um, bump, very nice. Thank you for that. <laughs> well, well done. Well done, Johnny. I appreciate it. Uh, On the Gina Carano thing, I I do think, though, it's important to realize that there are two different standards based on where your politics lie. Um, And it's ridiculous. You know, this is her livelihood. This is her career. Gina Carano is a very talented 
actress. There's no question in my mind that um, what Disney did to her was terrible. It was wrong. It was absolutely wrong. And 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 she didn't deserve that. Nothing she said was anti-Semitic in any way, shape, or form. Nothing was promoting Nazism or or, or anything for that matter. But it's a classic case again of what typically happens. And what typically happens is the targets of the left. They'll find something to cancel you for. Disney Entertainment content, inclusion standards. Standard on a screen presentation, at least three of the following five areas need to be met to fulfill standard A. Oh, we have Congressman Jeff Van Drew. All right. So Congressman Jeff Van Drew joining us now live on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Congressman, it's great to have you back on the show. I'll be seeing you Friday night where they're honoring you at the Atlanta County Republicans at the Ronald Reagan dinner. So congratulations for that. Oh, I appreciate it. And, you know, I... uh I question their wisdom, but I, I very much appreciate it. It, it, it. it is an honor, and I, it's an honor to have you there as well. We'll have a lot of fun. We will have a lot of fun. So first of all, give us the update on what's going on with the impeachment of Alejandro Mayorkas. I saw the dirty political trick that the Democrats pulled yesterday with uh, that one of their members who was actually in the hospital at the time. Look, you got to give it to them, man. They're playing for real. They see the end game. The end game to them is to change the United States of America structurally and forever uh, and to make it just another global nation in the world, not this unique experiment, this extraordinary country that we have. And if we're not careful, we will lose. So they play hard. So we would have been ahead one vote. But two things happened. One, Steve Scalise, who's getting treatments in Louisiana, who is doing very well, the majority leader, but wasn't slated to come back until next week. Uh, Like I said, he's doing great. He's going to be a yes vote for impeachment. But he wasn't there. And they literally ripped somebody out of the hospital, brought him in on a gurney. I didn't see it, but I was in a different position, so I wasn't able to see it. But evidently brought him on on a, a gurney to vote. And all of this to make sure that the individual who is responsible, along with Biden and his administration, for all of the illegal immigrants coming in, for the law breaking, for the open borders, for everything, for the crime, for the Chinese nationals that are in our country now, for the people that are on the terror watch list that are in our country, the individual who has not kept his oath to protect the United States of America and to abide by the United States Constitution, they did all of this to protect him because they see another end game as well. It just it's it's infuriating that we're talking about a so-called border bill yesterday, and it was really a foreign aid package. I mean, that's really what this was, and I'm glad you voted against it. I knew you would. Obviously, we knew you would. But, I mean, it was a foreign aid package, or you spoke out against it. A foreign aid package disguised as a border bill, and it was it was uh, completely irresponsible. The bill was a, was a joke, and now they're still going forward pushing the foreign aid package. I know. And let's, let's talk about that bill, though, uh, because they were trying to confuse people. And they confused a few, not the majority, but a few. This bill was bad public policy. I mean, it was a bad bill. It was one of the worst bills I've seen in a long time. Understand what it did. It said that it was going to take care of our borders and our border problems. Oh, but it didn't. It put new money in to build the wall, to finish the wall. It didn't stop catch and release. It didn't stop 
um, all of the activity that's going on the border, um, which includes the drug cartels controlling the border, it didn't ensure that people would be immediately expedited to their country of origin. It allowed up to 2 million, just about 2 million new illegals in the country every single year, but just would process them. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. This was a nothing burger. I mean, I would call it something else, but we're on radio, and I, and I don't want to, you know, say what I really think it was, but uh, it, it was awful. It was terrible. It was an insult to the United States of America and the American people. It really, truly was a bad bill. Um, and then they had the foreign aid package in there, which they want to do is they want – this is what's so wrong. And we're trying to fight against rich. They want to package everything together so that there might be one thing in a bill out of five that you want, but you have to vote for all the things that you don't want or the opposite. You have to vote against something that you do want because it's surrounded by all this other stuff. For example, I believe in the aid to Israel and I will vote for that. Israel is one of our greatest allies. I support them, and I know that they are trying to get through what was a horrific attack on them, uh, and, and they need to take care of business. At the same time, they put over $60 billion more for Ukraine, money for their fire service, money for their police, money to maintain their borders, money for their emergency medical teams. We don't even have enough money in the United States of America to take care of some of what we should do. Our homeless veterans, our veterans without health care are, you know, just across the board um, what we need to do in this country and to maintain our borders. But we're going to give this all to Ukraine. And I want people to understand was over 60 billion dollars for Ukraine, 14 billion dollars and change for Israel. And if we do this. If, they, if this gets through, we will have given as much money just about to Ukraine in the last year as we have given to Israel since the 1940s and its inception. I mean, there's something wrong with this Ukraine thing. We're not tracking it well enough. Of course, you want to help the people, but it has been a country that's been corrupt. Not all the people are corrupt, and I feel badly for what they're going through. But again... It is due to the weak policies of this administration. You know, when noise was made in the last administration from Russia that, you know, they were going to move in on Ukraine, it was immediately nipped in the bud. President Trump called up Putin, told him what was going to happen if he did this. Putin stopped, and he didn't talk about it anymore until we got this new administration. He started it again, and this administration just kept letting them talk about it, amass more and more troops every week, every month around Ukraine. Should have been nipped in the bud, wasn't. So, of course, Russia moves in because they can smell and see weakness. And this is what happens when you're weak. And, Rich, I'll end up with this. Uh, and I mean, this is so true. Ronald Reagan said a country is never attacked because it's too strong. Weakness breeds war. Strength breeds peace. Well said. Well said. And that is a point that we will drive home Friday night at the Ronald Reagan dinner with the Atlanta County Republicans, where they honor you, Congressman Jeff Andrew. Before I let you go, real quick, the windmill issue is back. Obviously, the New Jersey BPU. I saw you and your colleague, Congressman Chris Smith, were actually fighting this in Jersey and also in Maryland, too. You guys did a road trip. Um, 
We got to stop these things. I mean, they're 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 still trying here to destroy the Jersey Shore. Rich, they just won't let up. I mean, and I'm just New Jersey's a great state, but the things that this governor is doing, saying that all uh, the only vehicles that will be able, I think it's 2035. Uh, will be electric vehicles. Let the people choose. It's a free country. It used to be a free state. And now he's talking about banning all fossil fuels, 100% of all fossil fuels banned, and they want to do an actual amendment to the state constitution. And on top of it, they want to actually put these windmills along the entire Jersey coast. Hurts the shoreline. Hurts the beaches. Hurts tourism. Hurts the fishermen. Hurts the fishing industry itself. Uh, is not safe as far as national security and creates problems with radar and other issues. Uh, and it is going to increase the cost of our utilities a lot, not just a little bit, a great deal. And worst of all, Rich, there's a common theme. This is a, it's all, it all fits in together. It's called a weaker America, a global America that's just like every other country and is going to depend, and we will if they do these wind turbines, is going to depend on foreign countries for its energy because they are foreign countries, by and large, that are making these and putting them in. Here's the bottom line. You've got to, the folks that are listening right now, we all have to make a decision. Do we believe in American exceptionalism? Do we believe that we are the greatest nation that was ever on the face of the earth? Do we believe in being strong? Do we believe in being number one, faster, smarter, stronger, and better than any other country? Or do we believe we're just the same mediocre stuff and that we're doomed to failure and that the future isn't going to be good? And this wind turbine issue is part of it. We won a major battle. We've got a huge war. We have to be up to it. And I'm willing to get in the fight. Well, thank you for being in the fight. We appreciate it. I look forward to seeing you Friday night, my friend. Congressman Jeff Van Drew, thanks so much for your time. Thank you, as always, for getting the word out. I appreciate you. It's the 5 o'clock happy hour. On the Rizzioli Show, brought to you by the Oceanfront Grand Hotel of Cape May, New Jersey, a premier full-service resorting conference center, grandhotelcapemay.com. All right, we are, um, it's a fluid situation, but why don't we jump into what the report here is on 6ABC, Matt, if we could, and just kind of get an update on what's happening in East Lansdowne, PA. Two officers shot. Uh, responding to a shooting, an active shooting. Okay, just one of many neighbors who were just trying to find out exactly what was going on and may have heard the gunshots when it exploded. Back to John Paul now at the scene. And, and John, again, this remains a very fluid situation. Any new information yeah. since we last talked to you? No, the, the, the newest information we had came directly from the district attorney who I just saw walking down the street, chased him down and got that information. And you watched it live along with me as he explained what all led up to this. It started with a 911 call, a report, and I want to emphasize a report of an 11-year-old being shot. And I do want to mention, I talked to some neighbors who said they didn't know about an 11-year-old there. So that'll need to be cleared up, and that's what the uh, DA was saying as well. He needs to make sure that there was actually an 11-year-old who was shot. They don't know that to be the case, but either way, police responded. And he says, the see, they took gunfire. And that matches up with what neighbors have been telling me as well. Neighbors heard the gunshots, looked outside, they saw officers coming under fire, and the officers returned fire. Shortly thereafter, the fire started at that house. I'm going to step out of the way. The house still burning. You can see the smoke 
coming from that area. Now it looks like a, even a family is being let back in with a, a small child. So this tells me that the scene is under control. And that seems to be uh, backing them up what the DA was saying as well. Uh, they're just going to kind of have to wait until it's safe to go through what's left of that home and to find out if the shooter is alive. The way the DA said it, they don't know if the shooter burned up or not. Uh, but this is uh, another uh, soundbite we want to show you here uh, from the uh, DA just a short time ago. Let's take a listen. While we're waiting for that to uh, come up, we just saw the, uh, the mother and here. child walk <clears throat> maybe four houses down and go inside. So I'm not sure if they needed to retrieve something, but they were allowed to go through by the officers who have this whole area, this whole block uh, is sealed off. They're not letting anyone through, but apparently uh, they live here, so they must have needed to get something. And she did have a small child with her. She lives maybe six or seven houses down on the other side. So I want to let you listen in on what the DA was telling me in the last 10 minutes. The, the individual inside set fire to the house, and it's been burning for quite a while now. Um, they are putting the fire under control, and then we're going to deal with whether or not the shooter is still alive inside the house. So it's still an active crime scene. Uh, there's a lot still going on out here. All right, we'll continue to monitor this still- for you and um, keep you posted, obviously, as uh, this continues. So uh, the other big story of the day is that Nikki Haley lost <clears throat> to... None of the above in Nevada. Uh, she's now an election denier, officially calling the Nevada uh, primary a scam. Uh, we'll get that audio for you in just a moment. We got it. All right. Here's Nikki Haley talking about how Nevada, where she lost to none of the above, was rigged. Take a listen. Does that situation in Nevada hurt a little bit? No. I mean, Nevada, it's such a scam. They were supposed to have a primary. Trump rigged it so that the GOP chairman, who's been indicted, would go and create a caucus. We knew months ago that we weren't going to spend a day or a dollar in Nevada because it wasn't worth it. Mm -hmm. And so we didn't even count Nevada. That wasn't anything we were looking at. We knew that was rigged from the start. Our focus is on South Carolina, Michigan, Super Tuesday. So she lost to none of the above and she's going to lose in South Carolina, Michigan and all those other uh, states in Super Tuesday, too. This is amazing here that she's still in this race. Sorry, keep going. We did New Hampshire. We're continuing to grow. That's what matters, I think, more than anything else. But look at what happened this week. Mm. Here you have Republicans lost a major vote on the border. Mm -hmm. Republicans lost a major vote on Israel. Donald Trump was found that he will not have immunity in all of these court cases coming up. The RNC chair is fired. Mm -hmm. All of this chaos is happening around us. And Donald Trump's fingerprints are on every bit of it. We can't. And the Republican primary voters don't care. They don't care. That's the thing. They don't care that Donald Trump. Uh, is is having to fight these court battles. They're glad the border bill died and they don't want any more money going to Ukraine. Once more, Steve Kornacki put it very well about how unpopular, how deeply unpopular Nikki Haley is with Republican primary voters. Take a listen. Haley, without Trump's name even on the ballot, still loses to the none option by better than two to one. So that's that is a tough reality for her. Not, Trump isn't even on the ballot and she loses and it's a closed primary, so it really reinforces yeah. what we've been seeing, that when you're just talking about Republican voters, she's really she's really getting clobbered with Republican voters. Uh, it's and, independents and Democrats uh, that keep her in it. 
Yeah. You know, the thing about it is that even though they didn't spend any money there, people in Nevada knew there was a primary. If they wanted to vote for Nikki Haley, they could have. They would have. They were able to. They didn't want to. So none of the above, like in Brewster's Millions, beat Nikki Haley. I mean, come on, you know. By the way, I wanted to mention something, too. A former UFO boss named Sean Kirkpatrick. Yeah, Haley lost 64 to 31 percent. 64 to 31 by none of the above. I mean, you cannot make that up. She's deeply, deeply unpopular. That's why even if this goes to convention, I don't think they're, they're, they're going to pick her. I don't. Uh, Sean Kirkpatrick worked in the Pentagon as a top official overseeing the tracking of UFOs. He told his leadership that the department wasn't telling the public enough about the mysterious aircraft or the government's efforts to investigate them. Kirkpatrick, who served from July 2022 until December as the first director of the Pentagon office dedicated to investigating reports of UFOs, was concerned that conspiracy theorists would take advantage of the lack of information in the public's fear to promote their agendas. Quote, there was a strong concern to engage in the public discourse as often as I thought we needed to. The fact that they, the Pentagon, can't figure out how to get at the message without concern for spillage into other areas has always been a frustrating point. We'll talk more about that, obviously, in the days to come. But, you know, I have a lot of questions on that. I'm sure you do, too. Okay, I'm sure you do as well regarding um, that. So I have a few more minutes here. Sorry, I'm just uh, trying to also follow the breaking news in East Lansdowne. This is one of those days where everything's kind of converging nationally and locally right in our backyard because two cops have been shot. But we, we know the officers are, I believe they're doing okay, which is the good news here. Uh, I got a little more audio for you. Speaker Johnson vows they Mayorkas will be impeached. You heard Congressman Jeff Van Drew say it as well. They're going to move forward with this. They are not going to give up on this. Cut number one. Uh, impeachment. I mean, what happened yesterday with the vote on Secretary Mayorkas? Why bring that to the floor if you didn't have the votes? And will you hold another vote to impeach him? Yeah, on impeachment, last night was a setback, but democracy is messy. We live in a time of divided government. Uh, we have a razor-thin uh, margin here, and every vote counts. Sometimes uh, when you're counting votes and people show up when they're not expected to be in the building, it changes the equation. But listen, we have a duty and a responsibility to take care of this issue. We have to hold the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security accountable. Mayorkas needs to be held accountable. The Biden administration needs to be held accountable. And we will pass those articles of impeachment. Uh, we'll, we'll do it on the next round. I think that they will. They won't let them play little games like having a guy in his hospital gown, Al Green of Texas, leaving the hospital against doctor's orders. But obviously the hospital in on it to go there and vote to save May- Mayorkas. Um, I also want to mention to you as well, Don't for a second here, I mean, for one quick second, think that uh, getting rid of George Santos was a good idea because it wasn't. And I'm sorry, but Matt Gaetz says he doesn't miss him. I I, I'm just I'm sorry that um, or I'm sorry. He says I've never missed him more. I should say I I, I, am still amazed at how Republicans threw him out when he wasn't convicted of everything of anything and how you've got. What's his name in the Senate? Bob Menendez is still there. It's remarkable how Republicans turn on their own constantly. And if George Santos was there yesterday, again, he has not been convicted of a crime or anything. Well, that Mayorkas would have been impeached. And there you go. Cut three. We'll talk about that a little bit. Blake Moore was a yay, and then he switched to a nay. He switched to a nay when it was 215-215. So it's kind of deadlocked. It, you know, first layman, it, you would think that would be the impetus to take another vote and maybe get, get it sure. past the finish line. Why did he switch? 
because you're only able to reconsider a matter if you are on the prevailing side of the vote. So we didn't have any of our people that were part of the 215 that had voted no. So trust me, Blake Moore wants Mayorkas impeached. Uh, but I got to tell you, Bowling, as I'm watching that board and it's 215 to 215, I have never missed George Santos more. Like in what irony that the <laughs> New York Republicans who drove Santos out of Congress, who are watching the children in their state being driven out of schools so that those schools can become migrant housing centers, that now we don't get to execute on an impeachment trial of Mayorkas because they threw George Santos out. I also wondered, like, wouldn't it have been nice to still have Kevin McCarthy in the House of Representatives? Never thought you'd hear me say that. But Kevin McCarthy, after being dislodged as speaker, took his marbles and went home. He would have been a reliable vote for impeachment. But if he wasn't speaker, he wasn't willing to stick around. And I think that the the errant expulsion of Santos and the abject selfishness of Kevin McCarthy contributed to this result as much as the three Republican members who, who voted no sincerely. He's not wrong. A Fox News reporter asked Alejandro Mayorkas at a Super Bowl press conference if he'll resign. Take a listen. Fox News, uh, I respect the collaboration and preparedness that we are discussing here to keep us all safe this weekend. My question is for Mr. Mayorkas. Uh, how do you feel this morning after narrowly avoiding impeachment yesterday? Well, um, I've, um, I've answered this question before. I'll, I'll gladly answer it again. Uh, the allegations are baseless, and I'm focused on the work, which is what brings me to Las Vegas today. Uh, Republicans have indicated they may hold another vote, and they might uh, have the numbers at that point to impeach you. Uh, if that happened, would you consider stepping aside? No, I would not. Thank you. One last question for the... He's there to uh, give a briefing on what the Department of Homeland Security is doing to help, uh, as opposed to actually dealing with the border. No, I'm, I wish someone had asked him, be like, do you think uh, 49ers left tackle Trent Williams, do you think he could help out with the border situation? He doesn't let anyone get by him. <laughs> <laughs> just just one. like, Just one sports-related question for the guy. Yeah. Wish they could have asked him about Taylor Swift, too. Why not? Yeah. But they didn't. Well. Uh, your, uh, your buddy, Jamie Raskin, saying something stupid again, as usual. Congressman Jamie Raskin on CNN with Anderson Cooper, always trying to say something over the top and ridiculous. Cut number nine. How does anything change at the border, though, if, you know, you have the former president talking about it has to be a perfect deal. There's no such thing as a perfect deal. I mean, everything has to be a compromise, even though there's many now in politics who believe compromise is a dirty word. I mean, he doesn't want a solution. He wants a scapegoat. Um, and he thinks that he knows how to run against uh, Mexicans and run against immigrants and uh, rapists, uh, other than himself, of course. Um, and th that's the kind of campaign he wants to run. It really is in the gutter. And uh, the But that's not thing in the gutter. You just call the guy a rapist. on. But that's not in the gutter, Congressman Raskin. That's very, very highbrow right there. Very highbrow. You know, they could have sent a deputy Homeland Security secretary to brief for the Super Bowl. Could they have not? Uh, yeah, I, I don't like the idea of Mayorkas partying it up at the Super Bowl while the border is in chaos. Isn't that... Do you realize that they will have right? strict... The, the security at the Super Bowl will be a billion times stricter than the security at the border? Like a billion. Oh, for sure. You're not sneaking into the Super Bowl. You can sneak in the border, but you're not sneaking into the Super Bowl. Dave Portnoy has tried. He has tried. And out. I wonder if they'll employ any razor wire at the Super Bowl. Do we know if there'll be any razor wire whatsoever? 
sure it's somewhere. In I would like to know. I want to find out because moron and moron may have a case on their hands. <laughs> if anyone gets injured at the Super Bowl on razor wire. It's, there's got to be razor wire somewhere in Las Vegas, right? We need to ask Tony Bruno because Tony Bruno is out there. Bruno, I need you to report on the status of razor wire at the Super Bowl. Whether it's employed at all in any way, shape or form in anywhere in any capacity. I need to know. I need a razor wire update from Tony Bruno. Can we make that happen? <laughs> I don't think he's allowed on our show. We'll get yelled at. No, he can't come on the show, but he can tweet me. For, yeah, that, that's acceptable. Somebody tweet Bruno and let him know that I'm asking him. Give us a live. He's on Radio Row at the Super Bowl, which, by the way, has higher security than getting across the southern border. You need credentials, at least, at Radio Row at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Good luck sneaking onto that without credentials. Hell, those, we're going to CPAC. That needs higher credentials. What's that? They got those AI sensors too, and you walk in. I mean, nothing's getting by them. No, the, you're not. There's a a hundred percent certainty. No one is sneaking into the Super Bowl. A hundred percent. And there is a hundred percent certainty that everyone who crosses the border today enters the country. If they try to sneak into the Super Bowl, they get in a lot of trouble. A hundred percent. But coming in the border, that's fine. Just don't try to sneak into the Super Bowl after you get here. In fact, Border Patrol should tell them that to make their lives easier. Now that you're here, don't think you're going to get to the Super Bowl, okay? Because <laughs> you can't sneak in there. You snuck in already. That's fine. You can sneak, do that. But don't try to sneak in the Super Bowl. That's when Mallorcas will get really mad, all right? <laughs> That's when Mallorcas is really going to lose it on you, okay? All right, listen. I'm going to talk to Daniel Turner next. They're suing climate czar John Kerry. I'll tell you why. And uh, listen, Emmons, my guys, you got. I just texted Matt Kelly a short time ago. I said, time for an estimate. On our new bathroom. They did such a great job in the bathroom in our in our old house. I want them to, to redo the master in our new one. Um, they're a great company. I've been using them now for, what, six, seven years? They did my roof, my windows, doors, siding. And yes, in my old house, they remodeled our kitchen and remodeled our bathroom. Emmons really is your one-stop shop. So if you would like uh, any work done in your home, and if you have a short home, oh, you got to get that inspected because, you know, small little winter leaks now – can lead to big costly repairs when the warm weather hits. So call Emmons today at 856-556-3229 for a free estimate or online at EmmonsRoofing.com or visit the Emmons Design Showroom in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. That's EmmonsRoofing.com. Remember, I've used them for basically every project in my house. Roofing, yes, you get a lifetime warranty on that roof. Windows, doors, top of the line, highest quality, and they're great people who will do great work. Matt and Stephanie will make sure you are happy, and that's key. EmmonsRoofing.com. EmmonsRoofing.com. Tell them I sent you. The Zioli Show on your schedule from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. Here I am. How you doing, buddy? Oh, Rich, great to be on with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right. I know you got a hard stop, so we'll jump right into it. Uh, John Kerry is, of course, now a hack and a uh, con artist and a hypocrite as he flies around in his private jets. And now he has his daughter lecturing us. But there's a scandal around the climate envoy who's soon to take on a leading role in the Biden reelection campaign. Here to talk about it with me, my buddy, Daniel Turner. He's founder and executive director of Power the Future. Daniel Turner, happy Wednesday, brother. Rich, it's always great to be on with you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. Kerry is one of those people that just nauseates me. I mean, it's yeah, the horse face I can get over, but the hypocrisy I can't. You know what I mean? You know, he made his money the old-fashioned way. He married a, a rich widow, which we should all do. 
right? You should all look out for a billionaires who's available, and and then you suddenly are flying on private jets. So yeah, it, it, he he's a very loathsome individual. Um, the, the great Rush Limbaugh used to always call him the haughty John Kerry, yeah. and I think that that perfectly describes him, right? He doesn't. He doesn't deign to sit with the, the, the regulars. He's probably hasn't had his hands dirty in 50 years, right? He doesn't sit in the cheap seats. He doesn't fly commercial. Um, but he wants you to know that he's coming after your stove and your leaf blower and your car because he's John Kerry. And by the way, I'm not a fan of Heinz ketchup for the record. All right, just for the record, <laughs> it's not my jam. But uh, all right, so there's a story now that I that I see here. Biden administration sued for hiding John Kerry's staff and coordination with eco groups. John yeah. Kerry and his secret climate office are not above scrutiny and certainly not above the law, according to an energy watchdog. And Daniel Turner, as I go through this, his staff, he's not a cabinet official. He has not been confirmed by the Senate. Correct me if I'm wrong the climate envoy it's a phony job that they just made up right it is and he he is hidden in the state department um and the reason why we are the plaintiff in this suit we filed this lawsuit is because john Kerry refuses to tell us who's on his staff what is their budget what are their goals um you have goals you have business goals you have a boss to a certain extent I'm sure the guy who owns the radio station would like to think he's your boss, right? You you are accountable to someone. We all are in life. And yet John Kerry doesn't think he has the right to tell we, he has we have the right to know any of this information. And yet he uses the taxpayer dollars, all these trips he goes on, and he brings dozens of staff and they have meetings and they they set resolutions. Well, who are those staffers? How much do they make? What are the goals of their meeting? What are they doing? And when you ask John Kerry those questions, he says, I'm not telling you. And we got tired of it. I got tired of it. My group got tired of it. So we had to go the litigation route, which I don't, I got to tell you, I don't want to do. It's going to be expensive. Powerthefuture.com. We need money, right? Like this is not, litigation is expensive, but I have no recourse because I mean, the next part of our conversation, Rich, why do you think he doesn't want to tell us these things? <laughs> right. Yeah. No, uh, listen, Daniel Turner, I'm I'm grateful you're doing this. I'm grateful you filed this Freedom of Information lawsuit. It's very important. And you filed the complaint in the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia, listing the U.S. State Department as the defendant. And this, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some of this stuff. I mean, he pays... Kerry pays $4.3 million in salaries per year, the climate envoy. Uh, highest salary listed is at 186000 a year. Median salary is approximately 170000 a year, according to the Boston Herald. So uh, what do these people do all day besides trying to control our lives and, and lecture us? I mean, what do they do all day? Exactly. $187,000 is a very good salary. Yes. And if it's and if the job is open, I will quit my job and take it. Right? I mean, that's, that's a very good salary. And yet this person is paid with taxpayer dollars, and presumably this person does work. So they have meetings. Who are they having meetings with? And any other government official that is having government meetings on government time and government offices, you have the right to know. That's the purpose of the Freedom of Information Act. You're not allowed to have secret Government offices, secret government conversations. Of course, they do, right? They, they try to hide information, but that's not legal. And it's certainly not ethical. And, and even greater than ethical, it's certainly not American, right? We didn't set up a government so that our government actors and leaders and, and, and workers could do things without the full consent and knowledge 
of the American people. And quite frankly, we don't have consent on any of this, right? We get these mandates, no more gas stoves, whether they come from your governor's office in Jersey or in Philadelphia or in Pennsylvania, whether they come from the White House. No one has consented. No one voted on this. No one said, wait, 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 what is, is this a referendum? No, I have thus decreed. I, Phil Murphy, have thus decreed that thou shalt drive EVs. And you say, well, what the heck? I, John Kerry's office does this all the time. And they push these mandates down to the governor's level. They push them down to the city level. And I would just love to know who they're talking to in these conversations. What's the, what's the fact sheet they're using that says, you know what, we better get Jersey to switch to EVs by the end of 2030. We have a right to know these things. And John Kerry refuses to tell us. I love how uh, you got to follow Daniel on Twitter because it's great at Daniel Turner PTF. I love how you tweeted out today. I asked Donald Trump next year to appoint me fossil fuel czar and hide me in the federal government with a secret staff and budget, allowing me to bypass congressional oversight and FOIA laws. It's great. It's funny. But look, I mean, it's funny because it's true. And it's also the, the media would go crazy and everything would be exposed and you'd have you'd be before Congress. There'd be hearings. They would never allow a fossil fuels are to exist i mean never i mean it'd be be wonderful it'd be great but john Kerry's time as biden's climate envoy uh unelected and unaccountable and i should point out again no senate confirmation whatsoever 45 person staff four million three hundred thousand dollars in salaries cozied up to china amassed a large carbon footprint and you and i we're all paying for it daniel turner we're all paying for it yeah, we are. And, and when asked, John Kerry's office will say, well, it's really, you know, four million is not a lot of money. And in the grand scheme of the 34 trillion we have in debt, it's not a lot of money. But the money is not the issue. The salaries are not the issue. The work that they do, which affects our daily life, right? Our utility bills are 30% higher because of Joe Biden's green agenda. As much as they're celebrating that gas is around $3 a gallon, it's still 60 cents, 75 cents higher than the day he took office and more than a dollar higher from the average of the Trump administration, right? We are feeling the effects of these green energy mandates and regulations, but we don't know what the inputs are, right? We don't know what the decision-making process is, and we're not allowed to. John Kerry knows, right? His staff knows, and that's uh, uh, absurd. The reason why I tweeted that, and I'm glad I appreciate you, you, you mentioning it, is that the media is also indifferent. And God love you, Rich. It's exactly why we need voices like yours. Because if you weren't covering it, would, a, would local NBC Philadelphia cover it? Of course not. Have they ever mentioned John Kerry? I talk to my beloved 80s-year-old mother in Queens all the time. She says, you know, no one ever covers the fact on the news that the Macy's Day Parade was stopped by climate protesters, that the Rockefeller Christmas tree lighting was stopped by climate. They just don't cover it. Right. The media just covers up for the green movement. They cover up for the traffic blockers and they cover up for John Kerry. Um, And it's not a two way street. If I were fossil fuels are with unlimited budget and staff and didn't have to tell anyone, Chuck Todd would be banging on my door. And and rightfully so. I don't want Donald Trump to have secret agents, secret officers. Right. Right. Secret agendas. Yeah. So it's it's just absurd. And again, it's, it's a shout out to you. Because free speech is under attack. We know it. Freedom of information is clearly under attack. And but for people like you who are out there, 
this information would not get told to the American people. So God love you, Rich. Well, listen, buddy, I appreciate you saying that. There, there's something about Daniel Turner, in addition to the fact that he's a he's a bourbon guy and he's fun to hang out with, and also because he's the founder and executive director of Power of the Future, fighting for American energy, exposing the socialist radical green lies. But he's also a farmer. And, you know, I'm glad that you're here to talk about this because our farmers are under attack constantly. Yeah. And another thing the media is not covering, the corporate media, are all the protests that are happening around the world as more and more people are standing with farmers who are under constant assault from the green movement. Oh, yeah. cows toot and create methane, and oh, agriculture contributes to our carbon footprint. And then, in addition to that, you've got Biden yelling about grocery store prices as if as if uh, the farmers, you know, they're just ripping everybody off, and then all the wholesalers are ripping everybody off, and it's all just a giant scam, Daniel Turner. It has nothing to do with inflation and nothing to do with the attack on energy. No, it, it doesn't. And that's the frustrating thing. And it shows you the, the pernicious nature of our elected officials. Elizabeth Warren went on a tweet rampage just the other day about um, big grocery and how big grocery is raising prices and big grocery is, is greedy. And you say, but for big grocery that they finally discovered they could be greedy in 2023, right? right. It's the same when they called oil companies. Oil companies are raising their prices and profiteering. Boy, they, they finally figured out we could do that. Uh, it's amazing how all these things have suddenly happened under Joe Biden's administration that that the AMP realized that they could charge 40 percent more and they just decided to do it. Farmers are way under attack. If I could clone myself, I guess we have to give Elon Musk a couple more years and I probably will. Mm-hmm. As freaky as it is, if I could clone myself, I would do farming issues as much as I could do energy issues because farm farmers, energy is the lifeblood of our economy and our and everything. And we need to eat. And those two issues are so under attack by the radical Greens, by the John Kerry's, by the Joe Biden. So I appreciate the shout out to to America's farmers. Well, and also, you know, something else that I think is very, very important to note about all this is that it never stops. I mean, they wake up every day thinking, what can they come for next? Now it's your <laughs> tires. I mean, I saw this the other other day in the Wall Street oh, Journal. Oh, gosh, yes. You know, now the climateers want to come for your tires. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but uh, tires are kind of essential and safe yeah. tires on the road. Kind of an important deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, and and what they're going to do in the name of of the environment is they're going to make you buy crappier, lighter, thinner tires that are going to wear out twice as fast, and you're going to have to replace them more. And they're going to say, we can't make these really good tires. Look how much rubber it requires, and that requires more oil, and that's bad for the environment. So you have to use this tire that we designed, and that tire stinks, just like your dryer stinks, just like you have to flush the toilet twice now, and that stinks on multiple levels because they have decided you can't have a three-gallon tank anymore. We have decided, uh, have we saved all this water, right? Uh, suddenly we're flush with water because we're not flushing it down the toilet? No, you just flush twice as much. You use the dryer, the, the dryer twice as much. You Appliances stink. You wash your dishes twice as much because your dishwasher stinks. Because idiots in the government think they know better. And so, yeah, the attack on tires, get ready, right? People used to look at Power of the Future and be like, those guys are freaking crazy, right? We were fringe. We, and, we, and I admit it, I am a little crazy. But boy, are they coming after way. everyone in a good way. But now if you're a tire manufacturer, you'll be like, oh, boy, now we're next. And you know what? They're going to come for you next and then you and then you. And they're not going to stop. 
You know, it was funny. The other day, I had a guy come over. We moved into our new house, and the fridge needed to be... Congrats. Thank you very much. The fridge needed to be tweaked. And it's my buddy Ray, and he's, uh, he's part of the Zeoli Army. He's a great guy. I came over to repair it. It's a, it's a sub-zero refrigerator from the 1980s. And he said to me, keep this going as long as you possibly can. You know, because if yep. you... It, the, the new fridges now, first of all, people don't even know, the chemicals are causing them to explode. That's number one. Number two is that they, they, they do not last as long. He goes, you have a 1965 Chevy Camaro for a refrigerator. Mm-hmm. Do not give it... Same with the little bar fridge that we got, too. You know, I thought, well, yep. maybe I'll replace it because it's kind of out of style. He says, no! Do not replace nope. that. Do not. And I, I think that's an important lesson people are realizing now. When you go into older homes... And you think I'm going to upgrade it? I'm going to remodel this? I'm going to take out the old, you know, the old appliances? Don't do it because they actually work. And they were made in America, and they were made by American companies and American workers, and they were quality products. You're absolutely right. And we used to laugh at our parents and grandparents because their things were so old. But they didn't throw away their lawnmower. And how many of you have already replaced lawnmowers two and three times? Expensive right. lawnmowers, right? two and three and four times. How many times have we replaced? And yet, remember my dad used to have that car and he drove it for 15 years. We don't have that anymore because we make crappy products for, for multiple reasons. One, they're made overseas by, by nine-year-old girls and they're not good at making cars. Um, we, China uses mostly child and slave labor, right? And then secondly, we have these idiots in Washington, D.C. who think that they know what cars should be made of and what dishwashers and appliances. And this, these are all the mandates that are trickling down from the Biden administration. And a lot of them are being driven by this secretive John Kerry office. They stuck it in the State Department to make it look like it was, no, we're just talking to our friends around the world. No, they're not. And the proof of that they're not doing it is that they refuse to tell us what they actually are doing. And I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm done with the secrecy, right? The Inflation Reduction Act, Rich, what was it? A trillion dollars in green spending. Well, why didn't you call it that? The border bill. Is it a border bill? No, it's $60 billion for Ukraine. Why don't you call it a Ukraine bill? Uh, you, white supremacy, right? They'll just change the subject on you. I'm tired of the lies. I'm tired of government lying. Did you see the report about a million of the jobs Biden claimed were created last year are all just fake numbers, right? The, 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 the Labor Department flubs their numbers. I'm tired of government lying to us. We don't deserve this. And I've said this so many times in your great program because of where you are. In your city, 250 years ago, more or less, that's where it was born, that people said, I am done with this crap. The American people are getting to that point, and I don't want violence, but I want a revolution, because I am tired of people like John Kerry, the haughty John Kerry, having secret budgets, secret meetings, secret staff, and passing mandates down my throat. I'm sick of it. Well, thanks to you and your group, Power of the Future, powerofthefuture.com. Uh, you'll be seeing John Kerry in court, hopefully, to get the information that you are seeking here. It's a shame you got to fight this fight, but I'm grateful you're doing it every day. Daniel Turner, Power of the Future. Thanks, brother. It's just about that time, so go grab a cocktail. Amen. Thanks, Rich. The Rich Zioli Show on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. And I want to tell you about NJ Diet, NJDiet.com. Listen, you can lose the weight for good, for real and for good, the natural way, the NJ Diet way. 
listen, there's there's a thing about all these other things out there. You know, there's shots and hormones and surgery and none of that with NJ Diet. No prepackaged foods, no nonsense, just the real deal because it works with your biochemistry. It works with your DNA to make sure they customize a weight loss plan specific for you so you lose the weight guaranteed and you keep the weight off and that's key as well. Just go to NJDiet.com, NJDiet.com. You'll lose the weight. You'll feel great and none of the side effects, uh, side effects from from all the the nonsense on the market right now, all these drugs and hormones and surgeries and everything else. NJ Diet, you get the doctor's personal email, the doctor's personal phone number. You get all of that because they are there for you every step of the way, and that's why it's contractually guaranteed. NJDiet.com, lose the weight for good, 855-5-NJ-DIET or NJDiet.com. All right, I got to get out of here. My buddy Michael Pelk is going to take over. I'm going up to Wayne. Main Point Books in Wayne. Hopefully I'll see you there for the Terry Hayes event, our special speaker series event with Terry Hayes tonight. I'm super excited about it. And uh, I don't know if they have tickets left, but you can check 1210WPHC.com, and hopefully I will see you up there. So enjoy the rest of the show tonight with my buddy Michael Pelka, Stunt Brain, and I'll be back with you tomorrow with three. In the meantime, keep the conversation going on Twitter. Yesterday I got retweeted by Senator Rand Paul, which is very, very cool. My joke about Biden wearing his Ukraine tie which was given to him as because he was employee of the month in 2015, uh, went viral. And that's good because when that happens, it brings out the trolls. And the trolls are fun. Oh, yes, the trolls are very fun. You know, all these people were turning around going, wow, Rich, you got a lot of nasty people that follow you. No, no, no. It's just that since Senator Rand Paul retweeted it, I got all his trolls in addition to my trolls, which is fun, which is a good time. And make sure you do that, please. Uh, X, as they say, follow along on X. Uh, but the, the big thing... Thing, though, and I played this earlier for you before I, 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 I mentioned this, though, about Nikki Haley losing to none of the above. Great, great movie, Brewster's Millions. I don't know. Somebody said it was the end of Richard Pryor's career. I, I disagree. I think Pryor had it all the way up to the end, and Brewster's Millions is a, is a gem. It's a gem. I may have to go rewatch it tonight. I love Pryor. I miss Pryor. He's one of those guys. He could, could he exist in this world of cancel culture today? I don't know. But the good news is the comedians are fighting back, which is great. The comedians are fighting back, and maybe we're winning this. I mean, the fact that Shane Gillis is going to host Saturday Night Live, uh, what, on the 24th? That's great. It's good. So maybe we are finally winning the war on cancel culture. Maybe, maybe it's coming back and going in our direction, which is, um, which would be nice, as they say. All right, enjoy the rest of your night. Michael Pelka is up next for my final hour, and I'm back with you tomorrow right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Thank you. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. And on the free Odyssey app. WOGL HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli. No, it's Opelka. I'm here, the relief pitcher. For the Zioli Show, taking the last hours, Rich heads up to this great event and trying to keep an eye on what's going on in East Lansdowne. Uh, they still don't know exactly who shot the two police officers, but I believe there's a, a press conference going on as we speak outside of the hospital. Is there anything uh, worth 
hearing? Do you guys know? Should we just dip in? Yeah, we can dip in. All right, let's, that's what they say on radio. Let's dip in. <laughs> but there is nobody else in danger. We've made sure that the entire block has been uh, emptied of people, uh, and that's, that fire is now mostly under control. That's again, the DA. We're not going to go make entry into that house Delaware until County we know DA. that the fire is under control and that it's safe for those officers to go in there. We don't want another single officer hurt I tonight think. in Delaware County. Jack, can you give us some information? The, 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 the officers, they get on scene, and can you explain more about how they were dragging people? How did that all play out? I'm Right now, the yeah. are with them. I want to yeah, I don't think we're going to get too point. much out of this right away, but here's the deal. The fire, which looks like it's under control in this uh, multi-story building, and East Lansdowne is not even a half a mile big. I think it's under uh, a third of a square mile in property. 2,000 people live there. Lansdowne is a little bigger. It's one square mile. And uh, the, this is uh, this is disturbing as we don't know quite yet who shot the officers, both from veterans, more than 20 years service to the community. And I'm sure they're working on it. And there was a report and uh, CNN was actually confirming this earlier that there was a report that the police were called to the scene because they said an 11 year old girl had been shot inside the house cnn said she was taken to the hospital but i've seen no more reporting on that have you guys seen anything on that henry i haven't seen anything yet yeah cnn about 30 minutes ago reported on that so i'm sure because just the 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 amount of panic and activity here and for the longest time fire department uh assets were made to stand back because there were shots coming out of the building no longer as they they then let the the uh, fire first responders get in there. And it, it just looks like a big smoke event now, but you can still see flashes from the helicopter shots of the house. What a crazy story. We still really don't know. I guess we'll hear. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, insane stuff going on there. And needless to say, uh, this town has not seen this kind of activity in a very long time, you've got uh, two two officers shot, and possibly someone inside that house may have shot them, and there may be somebody in there who's now no longer alive. It's like the situation. I don't know if you guys saw this story yesterday out of out of uh, Fort Myers, Florida, where uh, a nut job went into a bank and jumped over the counter and was trying to rob the bank, and he had a knife he was holding to the neck of one of the tellers, one of the bank employees, and a sniper outside the building took him out, shot him, graveyard dead. And I just went, wow, we have some badasses in law enforcement. Anyway, I hope those uh, police officers, 20-year veterans, are going to be okay. It doesn't sound like it's life-threatening, but we'll keep you posted on anything as it breaks as, as regards that. Uh, the other stories that everybody's watching, of course, the Ukrainian, the bipartisan Ukrainian border bill failed today and uh, didn't meet the 60 votes required to get past the threatened filibuster. A cloture vote is the technical term in the Senate. But here's how the uh, the, uh, you know, the journalists and I'm using air quotes with my fingers, the journalists over at the Associated Press are reporting. Senate Republicans block bipartisan border package scuttling deal they had demanded from Democrats. Oh, let's see, is there any uh, 
Any bias in that headline at all? Well, it, the um, the Senate controlled by Democrats is 5149. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Uh, there are 51 Democrats. And that's why Chuck Schumer, also known as the Lizard King to my friend Chris, uh, Chuck Schumer is uh, in control of things. But there were at least four Democrats who voted no on this. Elizabeth Warren among them, which is kind of astounding. Elizabeth Warren voted (laughs) against this. And I have to wonder why. We'll see. And the other side of that over in the House where last night we had the fireworks and the and the craziness and it it was kind of like um it felt a little bit like high school student council when they wheeled in the guy in the hospital uh dar- the hospital garb and uh he, he checked himself out of the hospital in order to come to the vote they played the okie doke on the republicans you're like you guys are so stupid how did you not know this was going to happen And how does anyone sneak into that building in a wheelchair, still wearing your your hospital PJs? Probably still, they probably rolled an IV bag with them. It was was that uh, nut job from New York, right? Al Green? Uh, Texas, I think. Oh, it was Al Green, though, right? Yeah, Yeah, it was Al Green, yeah. Yeah, not, oh, the nut job from New York is the other one. Uh, The guy who can't, he's the, um, the one Pelosi picked. As her successor, the guy who can't stop moving his hands when he talks. <laughs> Hakeem Jeffries. Watch Hakeem Jeffries when he's on TV. It's like he's also doing a simultaneous uh, interpretation for the deaf, <laughs> for what he's saying. Just trust me. The next time you watch Hakeem Jeffries, he's either, he either was a conductor in the high school band or he's trying to do a sign language interpretations. American Sign Language, maybe the New York edition. But there's all kinds of hand gestures going on. He's directing traffic at the same time. But now Al Green from Texas, yeah, they wheeled him in and nobody knew? None of these people knew this was coming? Yeah, I I guess once we get Steve Scalise back, he's undergoing uh, cancer treatments back home in Louisiana. And that must have been part of that congressional math that they were working on. You know, I'm sure uh, uh, Jeffries is waving his hands going, well, there's 300 and 400 and there's 435 and we got 200. And and if we wheel in Al Green at the last second, we can do this. So we'll see. I think they're going to do another vote. A lot of people are saying maybe Friday. I doubt it. I think it's going to be next week. We will see. I love the story of... Nikki Haley losing to basically n- nobody, nobody on this list deserves my vote. Nobody. And the same thing over on the, um, on the, on the Democrat side. The Democrats also held a primary in Nevada yesterday. Uncle Joe got 96% of the vote or 89% of the vote. And, uh, what's her name? The, uh, Oprah's friend who, who oh, has Ann Williamson, Mary Ann Williamson, the new age candidate. <laughs> Marianne Williamson also lost to none of these people. <laughs> so you're Marianne Williamson, and, and you're like, now you're like Nikki Haley. You both lost to none of these people. And I just, I, I wonder why you continue. Why does any of this, uh, why is any of this allowed to continue? 
We shall see. Uh, there are several things on my list that I need to talk about. And you guys can tell me whether or not um, Zioli mentioned any of these things. For example, um, I know there's a mandatory three times an hour we have to mention Taylor Swift. Is that the rule? Yeah, uh, yeah that's, <laughs> that's from the higher-ups. Okay. This is from Odyssey World <laughs> yeah, Headquarters. <laughs> not enough Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Ding. Hold on. Let me do that again. Taylor Swift. That's one. We get credit for one. Taylor Swift in the news today threatening legal action against a teenager who is tracking her plane on social media. Have you guys seen this? Did Rich talk about this? No, I haven't even heard about this. Yeah, I saw this. So the kid who's doing this is some kind of computer whiz who's figured out how to track private jets. It's really hard to do that. My old boss, Glenn Beck, had a jet for a minute and a half. I don't know if he still has it. It was not a good idea. Uh, you have to have a lot of money to have a private jet. You need, to have a private jet in a vineyard, you need a lot of money. Uh, so um, this kid's able to get the tail numbers, and that's how they track these jets. Because Taylor Swift ain't flying around in a pink glitter jet that says Tay-Tay on the side. Air Tay-Tay or <laughs> Swift Air, whatever the hell. So she tries to, you know, fly in and out of of cities just like John Kerry without getting noticed. But this kid was posting the locations of her plane. And now she's threatening him with legal action. He did the same thing to Elon Musk a while back. And the media loved it. The mainstream media was like, hey, Elon Musk has his drawers in a bunch because somebody keeps telling everybody where his private jet is. And now with Taylor Swift, they're all indignant. Can you believe that this child is posting location of Taylor Swift's jet? So uh, it's another example of the duplicitous nature of the mainstream media. And by the way, Elon Musk offered the kid $5,000 to shut down the Twitter account that was tracking his jet. He said, look, kid, I, I understand you can do this, but I don't think you should. And uh, I'll give you five grand to shut down the account. And the kid said, nope, maybe for 50 so I could pay for my college. And maybe I'll even buy a Tesla. So I kind of got to love this kid. I think Elon probably does, too. But we'll see if uh, Taylor Swift goes forward with uh, legal action against the kid. What's she going to do if he can do it? If he's been able to do it to Elon Musk and uh, other celebrities, what makes her think she's so special? Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. She's Taylor Swift. She's say Taylor. <laughs> she, she, she's the greatest woman ever alive. Has she put out a statement about um, the death of the guy who found her yet? Uh, Has she, Toby Keith discovered her when she was 15 years. He, she, she was signed to his label. That was her first deal. Toby Keith's label. Last I saw, um, she had not. Not on Instagram, not on Twitter. And as a consequence of that inaction, she was actually facing a lot of blowback on social media. People thought that she should have posted something, um, you know, at least a thank you. Just for, for a second here, though. So we did the story in the airplane thing with Taylor Swift. Now we're talking about Taylor Swift and Toby Keith. So I get a another ding. That's two. We only have one more to go this <laughs> nice. hour. We'll take care of that. That's 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 called being efficient. <laughs> I, I'm like a green news guy. I'm being very efficient. So uh, it makes me wonder. Uh, 
Did Taylor Swift have a bad experience with Toby Keith as a young lady? One has to wonder. I'm a huge Toby Keith fan. And uh, not just the, the normal ones about the red solo cups and the uh, beer for my horses. Uh, there's a couple others out there that we we probably couldn't play on the radio because the um, the the squad of righteous indignation people would come after us and 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 we'd get canceled. So uh, it, it's uh, I, I'll tell you guys the name during the break. Maybe I'll tweet out a link to it. It it, it has um, it has the word block in it. One of the songs from. Toby Keith, that's actually pretty damn funny. Uh, we'll explain. But I, I'm just wondering, if Toby Keith was so instrumental in your now gigantic career, the guy passed away two days ago, nothing? Not even, I'm so broken up, I can't speak publicly on this? I'm just wondering. Everybody, Dolly Parton made, made public comments on it. Everybody's talked about it. Everybody but St. Taylor. Just wonder. All right, we got to take a break. You want to join the conversation, you can. 855-839-1210 is the number. 855-839-1210. It is the Zioli Show. Opelka here. I think Dr. Royson's going to join us because there's a big story out that says uh, picking your nose might cause Alzheimer's. Did you guys hear about that? I did see that story, yeah. (laughs) I'm very curious. Has it made you change your life in any way? Absolutely not. (laughs) It was a poke. It wasn't a pick. Just a scratch. We'll see what a real real doctor has to say about this. Just around the corner. Everybody wash your hands. So Pelkin for Zioli on The Zioli Show. The Zioli Show on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app. There it is. The bullpen doors open. Light jog in from center field. Relief pitcher. Taking over for Rich Zioli. It's Michael Palka in for my buddy Rich Zioli. I am trying to become his Mariano Rivera. I know that makes some people in this town unhappy to hear that name, but he was one of the greats. Come on. Ah, we are here until uh, Levin. The great one, Mark Levin, uh, coming up. I'm waiting on my buddy, Dr. Michael Roizen from the Cleveland Clinic, because we have to get to the bottom of this uh, this uh, story. Uh, my Australian friends would say it's a controversy. It's a controversy. It's the story that says nose picking is linked to dementia and Alzheimer's. <laughs> All I could think of is, now we're we're going to be yelling at kids in kindergarten and first grade going, you don't want to get dementia, do you? I'm five. I don't want dementia. Please, sister. Yeah, the nuns would have yelled at us for that. I saw this story and I thought, well, maybe there's some science behind it. Uh, but then again, the uh, stories in People magazine, you know, that's that's always where you go to get your good medical reporting, isn't it, boys? Yes, that's where, that's where we get it. So I reached out, and he, he's apparently here. My buddy, Mike Royce, and if you, if you uh, listen to my show on the weekends, I regularly spend a chunk of time talking with Dr. Royce about health and wellness and how you can change your life in little ways to live longer and be healthier. It's, it's worked for me, and it's helped me. And uh, so I respect his knowledge. The guy comes to us from the Cleveland Clinic, 
and he he's also behind uh, a book called The Great Age Reboot and a website called uh, longevityplaybook.com. And uh, he's joining us because, Dr. Royston, I have got to know, I have got to know, <sighs> can picking your nose, does that, is that, I, I'm worried about, this guy's a big deal. Dr. Royston, uh, picking your nose, we've got to talk about picking your nose. Does it cause dementia, sir? It is always my privilege to be here. I enjoy uh, talking with you and your listeners. Well, I get great response from all the information you share, and then uh, some of them question whether or not I'm actually serious with some of the idiotic questions I raise with you. And this week is no different. I have a new idiotic question for you, if you're ready. I'm ready. Sock it to me. All right. That vaunted medical journal People Magazine had a report this week that links nose picking to dementia, saying that a certain protein that's believed to cause dementia uh, is uh, in the nasal cavity and picking your nose might spur on uh, dementia. How can this even be true, doctor? Well, what they're saying is that infections starting in your nose travel up the olfactory nerve. The olfactory nerve goes through your cribriform plate. There still is a blood-brain barrier, and I'll explain that in a second, but gets into your brain because it travels directly and then starts low-grade infections, which you have a inflammatory response and this may be, in other words, it may be that beta amyloid is in response to that infection and inflammatory response, and that that's the source of it. That was what the science is. The data on this is that we know that Parkinson's disease often is related to a virus coming up that olfactory nerve. That is Parkinson's disease, the major advent of it in the 50s and 60s was secondary to um, the flu, the Spanish flu in 1917 to 19. We worry now that long COVID and COVID nasal infections, that rhinorrhea, the nasal problem and the taste problem and smell problem from COVID, the virus particles are seen going up that olfactory nerve and into the basal ganglia as well. And we worry that 20 or 30 years down the road, that will be associated with a burst of Parkinson's. So the olfactory nerve seems to be a way that viruses from the nose can travel into the brain and cause inflammation. And we know that inflammation in the brain is one of the major sources of dementia. Hmm. So is the story correct? Yes. Now, there's some other things. Remember I said there's a blood-brain barrier. There's a special barrier that stops infections and other things from getting into the brain. That's broken down by, for example, coconut oil breaks down that barrier. So we don't want to have you have coconut oil. But there are a lot of other things that break down the barrier, and the barrier becomes less effective with age. Turns out 
when you exercise hard, you produce a protein, something that repairs your blood-brain barrier, that makes it better and returns it to its useful protection. Hmm. It's called GPLD1. No reason for you to remember it, but if you want to trick at the cocktail party, say, what protein do you stimulate when you exercise that helps repair your brain's blood-brain barrier, and it's GPLD1, and that's the amazing thing. The body has a set of repair systems that will repair you if you take care of yourself. It's all part of that genetic engineering we talk about at longevityplaybook.com. So we've now learned three things that happen when you stimulate a muscle. For example, when you do weightlifting, you tear the muscle a little, you stimulate a gene that turns on repairing that muscle so the muscle gets stronger. You also turn on a gene called that makes a risen that goes to your blood-brain barrier and makes your hippocampus, your memory center, better. It's part of brain, it's part of muscle memory. And third, you stimulate this gene, and it was just discovered about uh, three months ago, that repairs your blood-brain barrier and keeps infections and other things out of your brain. Wow. Wow, that's uh, three great bonuses right there, right off the bat from Dr. Royson. And if you're going to a Super Bowl party this weekend, that was the GPLD1. That's the protein, Doc, that is stimulated when you exercise and protects and rebuilds your blood-brain barrier? You got it. All right, trivia question at the Super Bowl parties. You might be thrown out of a party if you start asking nerdy questions like that, Dr. Royston. I'm just saying, but it's GPLD1. Well, when you see one of the players do something extraordinary, such as Kelsey catch a pass that he said, where he's really stimulating his muscles or he's panting like crazy at the end of the play, you can say, He's repairing his blood-brain barrier, and it's a good thing because he's taken so many hits, he needs to have a good blood-brain barrier. Or if somebody's bringing in a fresh keg and lifting in that big keg and really straining, you could say (laughs) they're rebuilding their blood-brain barrier right there with the GPLD1, right? That's right. I think we've beaten this to death right now. Follow Dr. Royson on Twitter X. It's great stuff. Dr. Mike Royson on on Twitter and then hang out with us and we'll we'll make you smarter, younger, healthier. You have to do the work, but we'll help. Michael, let me just say sign up for the actual age test at Longevity Playbook. It's free or sign up for the newsletter once a week. The most important things in longevity and what it means to you a little summary of what you can do that's easy, such as the four smells a day. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. And there he goes, Dr. Mike Royson. You, who knew that, that your your brain was in such danger if you're picking your nose? And uh, thanks to, who was it? I just was looking on, on Twitter X, was suggesting that we play a, a song from one of Stern's people, Eli Braden, who wrote a song about picking your nose in traffic. I'm not playing any Stern songs, but thank you. Yeah, I know. How about that? The Zioli, the Zioli Army trying to infect us with stuff from the, the uh, Stern nation. Thank you, but no thank you. No Eli Braden here. That's social media check-in courtesy of our friends at Cherry Hill Volvo.
<laughs> uh, always, always good to know that they're supporting us. We, um, we have to get into a couple of things before this show wraps up today. There is a big hearing in the Supreme Court tomorrow on the Trump ballot ban. And you're going to see an argument um, made uh, to get Donald Trump back on the ballots in, I think it's 14 states currently are, are affected by this question. And this could be a big indicator as to which way the court's leaning in terms of getting involved in any of these uh, election decisions going forward. All I know is that uh, Senator Dick Durbin of Illinois is demanding that Clarence Thomas recuse himself because his wife happens to be a big supporter of Donald Trump. And uh, I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Clarence Thomas is going anywhere. And I also think we need to address this. Uh, let me ask you guys this, Henry. Uh, Dr. DeSantis, uh, did Rich talk about Sonia Sotomayor and the possibility that she might be retiring from the Supreme Court? He did mention that potential, uh, yeah, that, that rumor, I guess, that was going around. But not he didn't mention it today. But did, did he mention why it's important? Is it the Kamala Harris angle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's moving Kamala over there. I firmly believe that's the idea, that that was a trial balloon to get Kamala off of the vice presidency and over into the Supreme Court where she has to work even less. You know, she, she's got a bunch of people doing whatever she wants, and she just has to show up in her little black robe and, and listen and maybe ask a couple of questions. Clarence Thomas didn't speak for 10 years in the Supreme Court, not for 10 years. So she could be there for a long time. And then that would give Gavin Newsom uh, a clear runway to get in. And then Joey, Joey can have that, uh, that moment, you know, when he, when he says. If, if, if I reach something where there's a, a fundamental disagreement we have based on a moral principle, I'll, uh, I'll, 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 I'll develop some disease and say I have to resign. I'm not saying that that's the plan, but I'm just saying He's already kind of put it out there years ago. So it's probably still in his head, just like yesterday it hit him. So many things to get to. Uh, we will try and cover it all and update on the big story of the hour, the East Lansdowne situation with the fire. We'll give you that update, as well as a couple other crazy things from the, uh, I'm calling it the bipartisan Ukrainian border bill, and what the status is on that and how it's going to connect to the House, if ever. I think Rich was wrong. Rich was predicting that there would be like a committee where they'd have to come together on it. I think this thing is dead. And I think we need to give Mike Lee a little more credit for that. It is a Michael Pelka in for Zioli on The Zioli Show. All right, Emmons Roofing and Siding, my great friends over there, Matt and Stephanie, they've done so much great work for my home, and I am thrilled with the work that they've done. Now, if winter storms have left you with storm damage, you need to call my friends at Emmons today. They are they will help you right away because that's what they do. They will get out there and help you work with your insurance company and make it right. Emmons has also become the one-stop shop for all of your roofing, siding, windows, solar, and now baths and kitchens. Emmons can install a new bathroom in as little as one day. You heard me right, one day. So have the new bathroom you want in as little as one day with a minor interruption of use and minimal downtime. I used Emmons for our bathroom remodel at our old home, and now in the new home, I can't wait to get them in there to remodel the master bathroom. 
because it needs it big time. Trust the team at Emmons. I have used them in my home for six years, and I'm going to use them again for more projects. Do you have a property at the shore? We'll have the team at Emmons come out and take a look at that roof now because small winter leaks can lead to big costly repairs when the warm weather hits. Call 856-556-3229 today for a free estimate or online at EmmonsRoofing.com or visit the Emmons Design Showroom in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. EmmonsRoofing.com and tell them I sent you. Thanks for listening to the Seoli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app. It is 6.47 on a Wednesday. Mike Opelka wrapping up the final hour of the Zioli Show for my buddy Rich Zioli, who is uh, otherwise encumbered. He's at an incredible event tonight. I wish I could be there, but I'm here. He's uh, doing a speaker series event with the number one global best-selling author and film producer, Terry Hayes, at Main Point Books in Wayne, PA. I hope... You got there, everybody who wanted to be there. I hope you got there. It's going to be an incredible event. I have the book on my um, Audible account. I've been listening to more books than I've been reading. And surprisingly enough, I've been getting almost two books a week in. So uh, it's on my on my queue, as they say, or in my queue, as the British people would say, on my Audible account. Uh, good luck tonight. It's going to be a great event, I'm sure. Also, um, want to make sure we, we kind of update whatever the heck is happening in East Lansdowne, where this, um, this shooting occurred. Two officers, one from Lansdowne and one from East Lansdowne, were hit, uh, both expected to be okay. Oh, okay. Still waiting to hear about the alleged 11-year-old girl who was shot, that that report brought those officers and law enforcement to that house, which is now a lot of ash and rubble and uh, a bunch of wet inside stuff. Who knows what the heck's going on there? So there's a lot we don't know, but it's a big story in a very small town. And it is the big story of the day, courtesy of uh, Venaria Dental. Thank you, Venaria Dental. Uh, we, we also have... Uh, a, very little time, but we have to make sure we get to everything that needs to be mentioned here. The Biden administration never ceases to surprise me. And it's usually a uh, disappointment. It's a surprise on the negative side. This story broke due to the Daily Caller News Foundation, which is the more serious journalistic end of the Daily Caller. And this, uh, the DCNF, as the cool kids call it, Nick Pope wrote this piece, and uh, it, it's, it's about the Biden administration and how committed they are to pushing the electric vehicle agenda down everybody's throats. Uh, Rich had a guest earlier on the program talking about electric vehicles and energy, Daniel Turner from uh, Power of the Future, talking about uh, the whole energy scam, not just the wind energy, et cetera. But this administration trying to get rid of internal combustion engines and push everybody to EVs. I'm a recovering EV owner and driver. It's never a good idea. I mean, there might be limited applications. It's just not good. Hertz is getting rid of its entire fleet of Teslas. You can buy them for a song if you're interested. Uh, we just saw that uh, Volkswagen has pulled out of funding EVs, Polestar, which means Hertz canceled its order for Polestar electric vehicles. The bloom is definitely off the rose. And now we learned that the Biden administration was so desperate to get this EV madness shoved down people's throats 
they started designating places as low-income areas in order to get them eligible for electric vehicle charger subsidy programs, meaning government would pay to put electric vehicle chargers in in low-income neighborhoods. Now, we all know how expensive electric vehicles are. They're very expensive, and they're more expensive to insure and to repair and to maintain. They eat tires. It's insane. So why would you want those, or why would you expect those to be in the low-income areas? That's just uh, counterintuitive. It's just stupid. But now we learned that the people who love all these, that the people who live in the richy, rich areas, like Martha's Vineyard and Nantucket, in Massachusetts and out, out at the, the far east end of Long Island, Montauk, way the heck out. So the Biden administration named those areas low income, making them eligible for these subsidies to put in these car chargers. Martha's Vineyard. Remember the place that lost its mud when a bunch of uh, I think it was 53 of the invaders, the illegal migrants were shipped there. They lost their minds. How dare you send those people here? We don't need them in the off-season. We need them in the season. What we need, people handing out canapes and glasses of champagne. No, they, they lost their mind. Martha's Vineyard is not low income. But the Biden administration doesn't care. They don't care. They want you. They want you in that electric car. It's not a good idea. Like I said, limited application. And if you want to buy it, you should have the choice. It should be your choice and your choice only. But I I just think someone's got to call them out on this stuff. And I'm glad the Daily Caller News Foundation has done it, exposing this uh, tax credit program, which was designed to help uh, non-urban, less wealthy parts of the country who wanted them and then would have them installed. Martha's Vineyard could probably pay to put one on everybody's front lawn if they wanted to, but they're not going to. Uh, I I know I'm I'm getting close to getting up against the wall here. Is it 55 or 57 we got to be out here, Henry? Uh, 55. Okay. 55, 50 to be exact. So so I got to throw in a couple of stories about really bad ideas from government. When government gets too big, it does dumb things. I'm sure Rich has talked about Portland, Oregon, where they have legalized pretty much all drugs. Last year, they legalized all drugs. You want to do, you want to do mushrooms, you want to do heroin, you, it's, it's all legal. We're not going to lock people up. And then last week, they announced they have a fentanyl crisis. They have a fentanyl emergency. Gee, I wonder why that happened. I wonder how that happened. And just this week, as Denver, Colorado is experiencing a serious crisis because they have too many of the invaders, too many of the migrants there, Denver's announced that they're going to now decriminalize four four illegal drugs on top of pot. Pot's already legal in Colorado. It's it's uh, recreational. But now uh, psychedelics. Five, I'm sorry, it wasn't four. It was five. Colorado's decriminalized five psychedelics. So uh, your your magic mushrooms, your psilocybin mushrooms, they're not going to be legal. And I'm just waiting for the people in Portland to go, hey, this is a really bad idea. This is just a stupid idea. Uh, Rocky Mountain High taking on a whole new meeting. It's just, 
not good, people. And I know everybody's saying, well, you, you've been through your drug era. Uh, you should let everybody else have a chance. No, you should learn from people who've, who've been there and done that and got the T-shirt. Uh, I, I have so many more stories. We couldn't even get to them today. Uh, we will get to them on Friday. I will be back for Zioli on Friday. And then, of course, Saturday night, we have the entire thing. Big story tomorrow. The Supreme Court is going to decide whether or not Donald Trump belongs on a ballot. 14 states are going to be watching this, and I'm sure we're going to hear a lot about it. And uh, I'm sure Rich will talk about it, too, as well as Tucker Carlson's interview with Vladimir Putin, as they say on Martha's Vineyard. It's Putin. That's coming out at 6 o'clock East Coast time tomorrow. And I have to get out of here. Henry, Dr. DeSantis, thank you very much. Till next time, testudo, my friends. Testudo. Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3 to 7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.